everybody. Welcome to the 365 Media Football Show. Happy, hello, everybody. This is George Julie Ben Size. Uh, happy Thanksgiving week, ladies and gentlemen. I got my guy Ben Fair. Ben Fair, how are you, my man? Happy Thanksgiving week. And uh, by the way, my man, uh, I know this is going to be a great show, my friend. It really, really is. I, by the way, I'm very thankful you're my co-host, Ben Fair. I'm very thankful for my parents. By the way, shout out to my parents. Shout out to the Size family. Shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to Janae and, I, and everybody that I met from locker room, and I'm very thankful. I'm, I'm really, really am. I'm, favor- I'm very thankful for the audience. Uh, but for, this is going to be a great show. It really, really is uh, for episode 69. I know people don't like that number. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, Ben, I don't know if you know the song, The Summer of 69, but I don't think the audience cares. But Ben Fair, how are you, my man? You know, listen, I, I'm going to have a good day. I'm having a good day already. Man, I podcasted two, I podcasted two podcasts already. With my guy Ralph <laughs> and JB Fortis. The next is going to be Samari. I'm so Samari's happy about the Matt Canada firing. We know one Canada, that's the country of Canada. Shout out to Canada, by the way. But Ben Fair, how are you, my man? I mean, you know, how was your weekend? Um, and happy Thanksgiving. And listen, for me today, I, I'm having steak. I can't wait to have steak because I love steak. But Ben Fair, how are you, my man? And uh, I'm hoping you're having a good day so far. I had a great weekend. And uh, yeah, what's going on, man? I'm doing well, Vince. Uh, once I love doing this show with you every Tuesday, uh, talking football with you both at the yeah. NFL and, and college level. Um, it definitely sounds like you've had a, a, quite a handful for yourself today with all the podcasting and future yeah, podcasting yeah. you still have to do after this. So um, keep grinding on that, man. Yeah, um, thank you. It's, thank it's, you. Been, it's been a lot of fun seeing how far you've come over the last yes. couple of years. Yes. So just, just keep up all that hard work. Um, it's definitely going to pay off um, in the long run for sure. Um, but my weekend was pretty good, man. Um, you know, Alabama got a much needed win over Chattanooga. They does still stay relevant uh, in the college football playoff push. Um, you know, there was a lot of good football going on this week, uh, this weekend, uh, pretty much outside of my uh, terrible commander's performance against yeah. the, the yeah. New York Giants, which we'll talk about later. But yeah. Um, you know, I, I haven't been able to – there hasn't really been much this weekend that I can complain too much about. Um, you know, it was, it was a great movie weekend as well. We got, we got the Hunger Games, uh, the fifth installment of the Hunger Games series. Uh, it was very, very good, very good film. Uh, highly recommend people to go see that. And also Thanksgiving, um, which is a slasher film. Um, it was also um, a pretty good film that came out this this previous weekend. Um, another movie that I highly recommend people to go see if uh, the movies is something that you like to do. Um, but I'm ready to kick this off, man. Uh, let's saw some football. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And by the way, Benford, we could play a little bit of a game, uh, you know, later on in the show. The game I like to it's called it's called. If you were a GM, would you build your defense first or would you build your offense first? That's going to be a fun game for the audience, to, for me and you, to do. But with that being said, Ben Fair, let's start with college football, obviously. And, yes, so with that being said, we can go with – let's go – I'll save this for last. I mean, that's, that's for last. Let's go with Oregon versus Arizona State University. What was your thoughts about that game? Shout out to Bo Nix. Good game for, for the Oregon, which I can't wait for the Oregon versus the or, or, Oregon. Um, wait, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Oregon. Yeah, Oregon uh, in, in Arizona State. What was your thoughts about this game, Ben Fair? Uh, yeah, Oregon versus Arizona State University. Yes. So, Arizona State is, has obviously not really ever been a, uh, a football program. 
Yeah. Um, yep. You know, they, I, I would say their best sport, make my, probably like baseball, you know, yes. they're, I'd say they're a bit better at basketball than they are at football as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's not necessarily a school that um, is going to put up a lot of big fights uh, on the college football scene. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you know, there's a reason that this team's three and eight on the year. Um, they, they've given some teams some fits, obviously. Like, they gave Washington some fits throughout that duration. Yes, they did. Um, but incredible performance by Bo Nix, man. Like, regardless if, you know, the team that he was facing is very limited at pretty much every position, um, yeah. you know, you still have to be able to go out there and perform it the way that Bo Nix did. Um, uh-huh. Five incompletions. 400 yards and six touchdowns all in the air. Um, you know, he was able to just pick apart um, this entire team. I mean, he had, what, six touchdowns by halftime? Like, he had over 350 yards by halftime. Um, you know, he was beaten up on this team so bad that he, he only played, I believe, like the first possession in the second half. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they were – getting anything and everything that they wanted, whether it was, um, you know, early short yardage that was maybe eventually turned into big yak plays, yeah. which people love to assume is the only thing Bo Nix does. People people love to call Bo Nix a chuck down merchant. Yeah. Um, but he didn't necessarily do too much chucking down in, in this game. Um, four, of his, four of his six touchdowns were of 17 yards of airtime or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and then two of the, the the remaining two of the six were were screenplays that were taken to the house. But um, I'm not gonna. I I don't understand why. Like even if he did, even if he were to be, you know, a guy who, you know, dumped it off short and allowed his guys to make plays, that's just a credit to his players being able to make plays after the catch. Like yes. We, we shouldn't we shouldn't hate on Troy Franklin and Tez Johnson uh, and and Bucky Irvin uh, to be able to make plays after the catch. Like if anything, like we should be proud of that. Like we should be able to say like, oh dang, Bo went through two or three progressions, didn't see anyone open, so he took the easy short route underneath, and it just so yeah. happened to pay off for maybe a 50, 60 yard gain and possible touchdown. Um, yep. you know, Bo played absolutely phenomenal. You know, this was, like I said, this is the Arizona state team, regardless of them being bad, they held Washington to 15 points. Um, you yes, know, did. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. I believe did not score a touchdown in that game. No, he I didn't. He had, he did. I, I believe, I believe he had two interceptions in that game. Yeah. It was, so, ugly it was, ugly um, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's an ugly win, but you take it. So, like, if Michael Pennant had a his worst performance of the season against Arizona State, and he's still a Heisman contender, Bo Nix just went out there and decimated Arizona State in he the did. first half. That's a great so, point. like, why why are we going to hold it against him for his performance that yeah. he was able to do in a half that Michael Pennant, you know, a guy within his own conference, a guy who has beaten him. Yeah, or, um, yeah had a terrible performance and I didn't necessarily hear too much ridicule of Pennant's perf- bad performance. So that's a great point. Why, why, why is it that people are, are laying in the boat next? For- miraculous performance. It's the same team that gave Michael Pennant a fit. 
That's a great. That's a great point, Ben. I mean, and you made a great point because you know Michael Penix beat Bo Nix, and then obviously, I mean, you know, uh, Washington score like you said, like like uh, you know, 15, well, fifteen points, and they and they barely won, ugly win, and then Bo Nix pretty much kicked kick you know Arizona State's ass. So great point. It is what it is. You know how you know how social media is. It is what it is. But shout out to Bo Nix, and he is the Heisman candidate. And and keep doing what you're doing, Bo. Uh, I can't wait to see. Oregon versus, um, I believe. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that game later on, uh, to uh, on the pod. All right, um, Ben, um, Arizona and Utah, um, good game by the way. Uh, shout out, shout out to Arizona. They deserve a lot of respect. I know the the quarter. I wish the quarterback from Utah, the you know Cam Rising was playing. But yeah, Cam Rising. It is what it is, man. It is what it is. This game would probably would have been closer, but it, but Arizona deserves some respect. Uh, they're not going to make the top four. Um, it's sad to say it, but they're going to get better and better and better. I love the coach. Ben, you can preach about Arizona. They're, they're just a fun team to watch. Um, you know, I'm going to give them the respect. And it's crazy, Ben, because this is probably the best Pac-12 has been. Pretty, it's, it's, it's sad because this is the last it's year. Got, it's it's got to be, bro, it's got to be the, the best that Pac-12 has been yes, in both of yes, our lifetimes. Yes. Like, people got to appreciate it. Um, you know, like, because, like, yeah. even like even back when, like, USC was on top of the yeah. Pac-12, like, the Pac-12 wasn't a deep conference. No, you know, no, people, people People weren't talking about UCLA, UCLA football back when Pete Carroll was dominating no. in, in USC. People weren't talking about – Washington per se when Pete Carroll was in the in, in the Pac twelve. Um, you know, and, and the list kind of goes on and on and on. So um, you know, to see, you know, some of these schools, especially some of these schools that aren't necessarily uh football programs, uh Arizona being one of them, obviously they've produced some guys up to the NFL level. Uh, yeah. Gronk Gronk possibly being, you know, their greatest player ever. Um you know, it's not something that they do on a, necessarily on a day, on a year-to-year basis, right? They're, they're not necessarily producing high-level talent that's able to tr- uh, translate to the, to the next level of football. Yeah. Uh, so the see this Arizona walk. So, but, but, go but, ahead. I got a question for you, real quick, before you keep going. What do the, do the what do Arizona has to do for the media for the media and like in and, and in general to, to respect Arizona right now, in your view? Um, I don't think there's anything that Arizona can do, unfortunately, this late yeah. in the season. Uh, yeah. You know, they, they don't play Washington again. You know, they yeah. don't play Oregon again. They don't play you guys again. They don't. Um, so, you know, this this is a team that's has the most wins of any ranked team in the country, right? That's they have four, yeah. They have, yeah. they have four. They have four ranked wins uh, on, under their belt. Arizona has four. Let me say that again. Not not Ohio State, not Michigan, not Alabama, not USC, not Washington, not Oregon, not Florida State. Arizona has the most wins over ranked teams this season with four. And they were so close in the Washington and USC game. Yes, it could have been it could have been six. They could have had six wins. I'll, I'll say five just because you guys fell off there at the end. Yeah. But you guys were ranked when you guys went into to the into the Arizona game. Yeah. So it, at the time, it would have been six wins versus ranked teams. Uh, you know that's that's extremely freaking impressive. Extremely impressive for this Arizona team, especially a team you know that was having troubles uh, 
early on in the season with their original quarterback and Jaden Alora. Yeah. You know, and then four or five weeks ago they made the switch to Noah Fafita, the, the red shirts freshman. He's good. And and he's been absolutely phenomenal. He he just brings a different level of energy and intensity to his team that, that Jaden uh unfortunately didn't and, and it's been a major catalyst to the success of this Arizona team like they are bought in and it you know it was like I said it just happened randomly after after a quarterback switch so yeah. um you know it's teams like this Arizona team that's gonna make me buy into 12 team playoffs in the for the future because uh, right now I don't like the 12 team playoff structure but you know, if we get teams like this Arizona team that actually has real true potential of possibly being, you know, like your March Madness upset, you know, your upset alert, your your Cinderella story. I like it. Then I'm then I'm here for it because I love this Arizona team. I have fallen in love with this Arizona Same. team, man. Um, their energy on offense is contagious. Um, on defense, they they swarm around the ball in the passing game and the running game and, and pressuring the quarterback. They wrap up and secure their tackles when they yeah. get their hands on, on the ball carrier. They are just a great group of guys, and it, it's so cool to see. So I'm extremely happy with his Arizona team. What they were able to do against that Utah defense, the hangout oh 42. They had oh my God. 42 on a top 20 defense in the country. Like, why is that not being talked about more? Arizona just dropped 42 on a top 20 defense in the country. I understand their offense isn't at the level and what it could have been if Cam Rising was healthy all year, but this defense is a top 20 defense, and they gave up 42. So Arizona, man, shout out to to all your success this year. Um, Thankfully for them. They do have a, a, a relatively young team that can bring a lot of their key pieces back for next year and try to continue replicating their success here late in the year. Because um, if this team can do similar things to what they've done here on the back end of this this season, they they could be a truly dominant yeah. and, and explosive team uh, next season that's contending yeah. for a, a college football playoff spot. Now, hopefully they can do, you know, the coach, uh, shout out to the coach. Hopefully he does well in the transfers. Hopefully he does well with recruiting. If he does well with that, the Arizona is on the roll. And shout out to Arizona for, for sure. Now, uh, Washington, Oregon State. Washington won by two. Ben, what was your thought? This was a great game, man. Shout out to Washington and, D- and, and Michael Penix and DJ. What a game. Your thoughts about the game overall, Ben? Yeah, so this was a game where, you know, Washington got off – uh, to a relatively hot start, you yeah. know, they, they went into half 22 to 10. Yes. Uh, you know, it looked like Washington was probably going to come out in the second half and continue, uh, you know, playing at a relatively, you know, big level. And, you know, it wasn't even a big game for Michael Penance. Um, You know, like I said, in the first half, they were able to almost do anything they wanted. Yeah. Uh, and then the second half, Oregon State came out and, and brought their defense in. You know, force Michael Penix to to have a hard time throwing to his playmakers. Yeah, like I believe I believe Jalen Polk, who is like just on the fringe of being a thousand yard receiver, he didn't even get a catch until the fourth quarter, like middle yeah. of the fourth quarter. So yeah. it just showed you, you know, the level of 
Uh, it just shows you the, the level in which Oregon State, you know, brought their defense there in the second half that they were able to, you know, limit a, a, a potential Heisman winner in Michael Pennis to probably, his, you know, his second worst performance of the season. You know, dealt with inconsistency issues, had a, time, had a hard time uh, getting the ball to his targets. You know, they were playing such tight coverage on – you know, Roma Dunzi and like I said, Jalen Polk that, you know, he was having to, you know, try and force throws that just weren't there. So uh, all the credit to them. And, you know, they, they made a push there at the end to, to try and get this game back. Uh, unfortunately for DJ, like, it, I want to say it was like the second to last possession or third to last possession of the game for them where DJ got hit after a throw and he had like uh, – kind of messed his thumb up a little bit when he was yeah. like landing on the ground. Yeah. I I wonder if that if that didn't happen, maybe some of those throws he had after that, uh maybe maybe he completes them. Uh mm-hmm. who who knows who knows what that the significance of the of that thumb was. Maybe it wasn't hurt at all, but I do think like, you know, maybe if he wasn't dealing with, you know, with that, those like last two drives, then, you know, maybe he was able to complete another pass or two, you know, not having to deal with discomfort. But, um, you know, they gave gave themselves a shot to to win this game. Uh, Unfortunately for them, they didn't. um, Because if if they were able to come back and get this win, it it really would have changed the entire landscape of the college football playoffs. Um, You know, we, we instead of Washington jumping over Florida State for that four spot, yeah. You know, we, we, we would have saw, you know, Florida State still drop to five. We would have saw Washington, you know, j- probably drop outside the top eight. And then, um, you know, Oregon or Texas would have fell into that four spot. So it, had they lost, it, it really would have made a massive impact on um, what the landscape of college football playoff looks like as we close out the season. Yes, and UCLA, USC. You know what's crazy, Ben? USC and USC are the obvious. USC is good on offense. They suck on defense. UCLA is good on defense. And, you know, I got, I got to give UCLA's offense some credit. But, Ben, imagine if UCLA's offense came click, would have clicked this year. Because, honestly, they got it. They got it, right? Um, you, know, you know, shout out to the UCLA's defensive coordinator. Got to give the little guy a lot of credit. But let's keep it a beat, Ben. USC's defense, they quit. They just quit. And I just saw – and defensive linemen just transferred. Um, so make a rally, get your shit together uh, after the season, and you're, a lot of pressure's on you, bro. I mean, Ben, I I respect the hat of you on Twitter because you're getting at Lincoln Rally, and the meeting is done because they look no Ben. They love their white coaches. They're never gonna get on them. They're never gonna get on Dabble. But 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 listen, Ben, if he was black, they would do it. But it is what it is. But Ben, go ahead. What's your thoughts about this game overall? And which, by the way, I'm not gonna mention no names. But Caleb Williams is better than Drake May. That's all, that's all I'm going to say, Ben. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, UCLA came out from the start of the game with the, with, with the vengeance on their mind. Um, you know, this was a UCLA team that was highly competitive uh, throughout the duration of the season because of, you know, their defense. Their defense was a top, 20, top 25 team uh, for the large duration of the entire year. You know, there were moments throughout the year where they showed, you know, really nice stuff on offense. Uh, Ethan Gap, Ethan Garbers would have a couple good performances. But 
Um, you know, and Carson Steele and, and TJ Harden would have really nice performances on offense uh, to try and help them propel a couple games um, to, to victories for them. But uh, yeah, for this game, you know, it, it's an end, it's an end state game. You know, you guys are probably no more than 20 minutes apart from each other. You're both in, you know, different parts of, of Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, you know, so this game means a lot. Uh, you know, and UCLA went into your guys' house and, and rose to the occasion. They did. Uh, and, and they were just the better team. You know, I, I expected a lot from you guys coming into to what, your guys' last home game. Um, you know, Caleb Williams, you know, didn't necessarily disappoint to an extent. Uh, but, you know, you guys weren't able to run the – you guys weren't able to run the ball whatsoever. Uh, you guys couldn't stop the run on the on the opposite side of the ball. Nope. Whatsoever. Nope. Um, you know, and it's very disappointing. And and yeah, I, I I'm super critical of Lincoln Riley. And you know, some people might call me a hater based off some of the things that I no, do. You're preaching. You're preaching. And I'm fine. If you want to call me a hater for Lincoln Riley, then go right on ahead. But uh, I'm a, I'm going to be a hater that that's bringing up you know facts about. Yeah his his uh his level of coaching you know and i'll give him i'll give him his credit I, I, you know you know me I, i'm someone who who is yeah. more than happy to give someone their fair credit their fair due right i am more than happy i want to be proven wrong i have said this a hundred times on this podcast that i love being proved wrong because it means that you stepped up to the occasion and became a better person you became yes. a better player i love that shit uh, so Lincoln Riley, like I'm saying, when I say all this stuff to you, it's it's use it as like a form of motivation. Like I'm telling you your flaws so that you can look, you know, inward on yourself and, and try and make adjustments to be better at what it is you're not good at. So for Lincoln Riley, I give him this fair due when it comes to offense. He's an offensive yes. guru. He is an offensive mastermind. Um, you know, and, and that's been a reason why he has three Heisman Heisman winners, you know, yes. uh, and Baker Mayfield and um, Jalen Hurts or, yeah. and Kyler and Kyler. Jalen Hurts is not a Heisman winner. Uh, yeah. Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray yeah. and Caleb Williams. Those are those three Heisman winners. And, you know, it it, it, it means a lot for a coach. You know, it does. Um, you know, put your put your legacy at a little bit higher level. You know, having three Heisman winners is a big thing, especially in the short time in which he did it. Um, you know, I'll give him credit for that. But where has his defense been throughout those entire times? Like, nothing. Why? Nothing. Why? Why was it that Oklahoma never fully reached its expectations? It's because they Anybody? never had a defense. They never had a defense, and, and then. The second they played the top-notch talents, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Georgias, they got steamrolled. They got absolutely steamrolled because Lincoln Riley does not know how to coach up the defensive side of the ball whatsoever. He has absolute zero brain cells when it comes to talking and and trying to invest in defenses. He does not know what he's doing on the defensive side of the ball. And a lot of people are like, well, that's because he's an offensive coach. Whoa, 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 whoa. No shit. <laughs> it's, it's the purpose of a head coach is you need to be multifaceted in every aspect of the game. You are yep. the head coach. You need to know everything there is to know about the game so that yep. you can 
put your coaches in positions to then put the players in proper positions to be the best versions of themselves and be able to put out the best type of performance out on the field for you. And Lincoln mm-hmm. Riley does not know a single thing about defense. So when it comes to hiring the proper DCs, when it comes to recruiting uh, defensive players, when it comes to um, trying to put scouting report, defensive yes. scouting reports together, he doesn't know how to do it. Uh, when it comes to you know trying to target transfer players on the defensive side of the ball, he doesn't know how to do it. Um, and it's always the, going the best to one, be the best his one, demise. The best one he got was Bear, Bear Alexander. That's it. He goes, <clears> yeah. yeah, but like Bear Alexander came to you guys already talented. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the linebacker you guys got last year from Alabama, uh, Sean, Lee, yeah. Sean Lee. He was yeah. already talented. Yeah. Just when he was at Sean Lee, when he was at Bama, he just was hurt every year. He was yeah, already yeah. talented. He already knew the game at, at the linebacking spot. So it's like yeah. he came to you guys already talented. You got he didn't come to you guys. You guys developed him for right. that offseason and then turned him into a great player. Yeah. Um, you know, same thing with Bear. Bear was a great. Uh, rotational nose tackle at Georgia before coming to you guys. Um, You know, so it's just super disappointing. Um, You know, this this was a defense, like I said, y'all started the season to where, you know, you guys got in the backfield almost more than any other school in the country, right? Like you guys put more pressure in the backfield and the running game. And when it came to putting pressure on the quarterback, you guys were one of the best in the country at doing that but you guys are also giving up you know 400 yards a game and then it went from 400 yards a game to 500 yards a game so 550 yards a game like you guys just week by week by week by week just slowly and slowly and slowly got worse and worse and worse to where now you guys are ranked like 120 out of 130 out of 130 teams. Uh, so that is, not, that is not championship material. Keep going. Yes. No, and and, and, I, and I'll finish it up with this. Is like I've heard some talk about it in the media over the, over the last couple of days with Lincoln Riley, but like it's it hasn't been loud enough. You know, uh, shout out shout out Paul Feinbaum. You know, yes. I hate Paul Feinbaum, yeah. but Paul Feinbaum actually did his fucking job. He held a coach to, you know, you know, to the standard in which we have put him up there, where, where people have put him up there. Like, people have put Lincoln Riley on the same pedestal as Nick Saban, you know, yeah. as Brian Kelly, as Kirby Smart, as – you know, some of these Dabble, other Dabble, super, yeah, Dabble, yeah. yeah, Dabos, uh, you know, they put them on there and without a chip. Yeah. And so it, it was cool to see Paul Feinbaum, you know, someone who is a generational hater, uh, especially Saban, yeah. against, yeah. especially against Nick Saban. You know, it, it seemed like the only coach he would ever ridicule was Nick Saban. So to see Paul Feinbaum, rip into another another head coach uh and and you know force them to play to the standard in which we expect them to uh it, it was cool to see paul feinbaum actually do 
a proper job at being an analyst yeah. for for the last sixty some odd years. Yes. Now, you know, before we give credit to the other players, Ben, what you mentioned on the DM, which I which I appreciate, we got to talk about USC and Clemson. Which, by the way, th- thank you, Dabble, for exposing UNC because it's, cr- it's crazy, Ben. Because when a UNC fan talks shit to a Bama fan, they're gonna learn, and and it was crazy is. This UNC fan likes to make excuses for his own team. So, for example, you know, some, someone that I know, that, what, what, someone that we know, shout out to our guy, Andrew Jones. Uh, but anyways, this guy that we know, a UNC fan, he blocked Andrew Jones. It is what it is because the guy was being a little kid. Uh, but at the end of the day, Ben, I mean, listen, when somebody says, oh, Caleb Williams is better than Drake May, and then he gets upset about it because he goes, well, Caleb Williams, Williams lost to UCLA. That's a bad take, by the way. Uh, that UNC fan, but it is what it is. Ben, what can you tell that uh, UNC fan? You can mention his name on his pocket if you want. But, but lo and behold, Ben, look look at that. He talks shit to you, and now UNC is going to eh, down. So look at that, Ben. But even though you hate Clemson, you don't, even though you don't want to give him credit, but you give him credit for this one because now this man is this man that we know on uh, that uh, that we know very well is looking like Moranis, isn't he? Yeah, so, you know, this is a UNC team that, you know, they lost a lot from last year. Um, you know, and obviously they are able to retain some stuff. Like, obviously they got Des Walker in the transfer portal. Yep. Uh, you know, Omari on Hampton, you know, came back, and now he's, you know, the leading rusher in the country with Ollie Gordon. Um, you know, it, Drake May, you know, the start of the year had a, had a much better – was having a much better start to the year than I thought because – you know, they didn't have Des Walker to start the first four games. Um, and, you know, he didn't necessarily have so many playmakers. And, and at that point, like Amari and Hampton had not necessarily been the Amari and Hampton that we've seen, you nope. know, the last six, seven weeks. Uh, you know, Amarian really, really stepped it up around like week four, right, right, bef- like the week right before Des Walker came back for them. Um, so it, it was cool, you know. They, you know, they start the year. They beat South Carolina. You know, they have the rematch against App State. Guess what? You almost lost two years in a row to App State. Yeah, you did. Um, what? One they by six, by the way. Keep going, yeah. So, so you gave up what thirty-five in the fourth quarter to them last year, and now you 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 had to go into overtime against them again this year. Um, that just tells me that your defense isn't that good. Um, you go, you go, and you beat up on a Minnesota team that was absolutely abysmal this year. Yes, uh, probably probably the worst they've been under PJ Fleck. Uh, I expect Minnesota to bounce back, but okay, you know, cool. You beat a Big Ten team, you know, that lost a lot from last year. Uh, congratulations. We you know, beat a Syracuse team by thirty-three. You you go and you beat Pittsburgh. Yeah. Guess what? Pittsburgh doesn't have Kenny Pickett. Nope. Pittsburgh doesn't have Jordan Addison. Pittsburgh is not the team that won the ACC three years ago anymore when Kenny Pickett and Addison were there. Um, it's, so congratulations. You beat up on a, on a whack-ass Pittsburgh team. You go in and you play Syracuse and you beat the dog shit out of them. Congratulations. No one has cared about Syracuse football since Donovan McNabb. Um, Miami. Congrat. Okay, you beat Miami. Miami was ranked when when they when they beat Miami. Um, that was that was a very impressive win. But once again, you 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 barely 
scathed through that game. And some people were like, well, Ben, they won by 10 points. Miami wasn't supposed to be good this year. Nope. Uh, so, and you're at home. You should be able to, you should be able to dog walk. You better Miami. beat them, yeah. If, if you guys are this great team with all this tremendous talent and a, a, at the time, you know, a lot of people were like, oh, Drake Mays and the Heisman conversation, uh, how quickly that shit turned. Mm, um, in Virginia. Mm. So, you know, they're riding a high now, you know, one, two, three, four, five, what, six and oh, they started six and oh, right? You know, they, oh. now they're going into Virginia, you know, they're now, it's going to be their third week with, with Des Walker after he, you know, finally got his uh, reinstated by the NCAA. Uh, you play UNC, or you're at home and you're facing Virginia. You let Virginia destroy you. Yeah, they only won by four points, but they just look completely and utterly the better team in that game yeah. from start to finish. They beat you up. Um, you know, it, it took you guys at the end to try and make a comeback. That game wasn't as close as, as, mm-hmm. as, as it seemed. So, okay, boom, you will, you know. Not every team can go undefeated. Okay, we lost to Virginia. It's a terrible loss, but our, we got Georgia Tech next. You know, let's go beat Georgia Tech, right? <laughs> let's go beat. Let's go beat. Let's go beat Haynes King, the guy who has a helmet three times his size. Um, you know, and Georgia Tech, not necessarily a defensive team. Nope. Um, they're a running team, and they're a running team. One hundred percent a running team. And Haynes King has had a, a pretty good season for Georgia Tech. Uh, and Georgia Tech puts 46 on your head top. They ran the ball. They ran the ball down your fucking throat. Um, you know, I believe they gave up. Let me let me check on that. I believe they gave up like over 200 yards. Yeah, they gave up 350 yards rushing on the ground. 350 oh, fucking yards <laughs> on the ground. That's that's embarrassing. So now you just lost two games in a row, right? Virginia and Georgia Tech. All right. Thank goodness we got an easy-ass schedule in Campbell. You know, we needed a comeback game, you know. You better be Campbell. (laughs) So, you know, they beat the crap out of Campbell. All right. Now you're going to Duke. Duke doesn't have Riley Leonard anymore. Duke Duke is is playing their third-string quarterback who's a freshman. I believe he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are beating up on Duke for a good portion of the game. And then Duke decides to make a comeback. They had the lead late in that game. Um, You know, and that game ended up going into overtime. And there was a lot of suspect calls late in that game. I agree. That favored UNC when when they should have been calls against them that would have given Duke the ball and ultimately would have given Duke the victory. Uh, so you almost, been, I think if you, Leonard played healthy wise, they beat him. He gone, yeah. They yeah, they would have beat the living crap out of them. Um, so you gave up forty five to a third string quarterback. <laughs> Once again, you're just like all you're proving to me is that your defense can't stop anything. They're just giving up points after points after points after points after points. Um, and meanwhile, their fan base is like, okay, like, you know. We, we can end the season strong. We can end the season strong. Go into Clemson, and you and and you let Clemson look like Clemson from two three years ago. Yeah, like Clemson looked good. 
and especially on the defensive side of the ball. They brought the pressure. They played great coverage. They got in the passing lanes. They made the, uh, every single throw Drake made had be a challenging throw. They made him uncomfortable. And, and you know me, I hate Dabo Sweeney. Yeah. I hate the University of Clemson, and I never want to give them any right. type of love and respect. Yeah. But I was elated to have Clemson beat up on UNC, to shut that fan base up, to humble that fucking fan base, <laughs> to, tell, to tell them, all right, maybe we weren't ever as good as we, we originally thought. Yeah. Like, the, the funny thing about this UNC fan base is, for one, why are you even talking about the football program? You guys, you and we had just, we broke this down the other day. They have ultimately only put three good players yep. ever into the NFL. One of them was a center and Jeff Saturday. Yep. And the, and the other two were pass rushers and Julius Peppers and Lawrence Taylor. That's Lawrence, Taylor, Lawrence Taylor hasn't played football in 30 years. Yep. Julius Peppers hasn't played football, and Julius Peppers and and, and um, Jeff Saturday have yeah. not played football in ten plus years. Yeah, yep, yep. So you you haven't produced an NFL level talent that's great at his position for almost ten years, and then before that, it was thirty years ago. Please don't tell me. Please have, don't tell me. Please you don't tell only me. have three yeah. players in your school history that ever amounted to anything on the football side. On the on the football side, and we're and you guys are having football discussions on if you you are a good program. You don't even ha- you can't even put players out on a consistent basis. So how the hell are you going to be a good program? Like please don't tell me they're. Wants- please don't tell me they're telling you, Mister Bisky or Sam Howe. No, I mean, they're obviously you have some saying Sam Howe now, and um, you know it, it's still laughable. I mean, I'm still not going to judge Sam Howe completely yet yeah, yeah. because we our team, you know, Washington has Washington has its flaws. Yes, but you know there there's still been times where Sam Howe doesn't look that good. He nope. has time going through his progressions. He he holds the ball on too long. He forces throws when when pressure is around him at times. Um, you know, he, he he has a hard time picking up pressure uh when it's in his face. And you would think a guy who's been as sacked as much as Sam Howe, he'd be able to know when the fuck pressure is coming. He he's been hit 40 fucking times. Yeah. Um so, but, so what you're saying yeah. is it's the reason why he was a fifth rounder. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why he was a fifth rounder. I, I mean, I, I think he maybe could have been a fourth or third rounder. I think that was maybe a little bit. There's the a reason, reason he went from, you know, first overall selection to eventually going to the yeah. fifth round. There were reasons. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so the UNC team thought they were all high and mighty uh, throughout the whole year. And, you know, and with Drake May being at UNC, you know, he's lost to Georgia Tech twice now. Um, he's lost to Clemson twice now. Yep. And he's about to face an NC State team that beat the shit out of them last year, the last week uh-oh, of the season. Uh-oh, so uh-oh. So you, you, could, you could potentially lose to NC State twice uh-oh. throughout your college career. 
And the last thing I'll say about this NC, this this UNC, this whack ass UNC program, is, you know, they they try to make so much fun at Alabama fans when Drake may when Drake may decommitted from his national letter of intent uh, when when he was with Alabama, he was supposed to come to us, and he you know he decommitted and eventually signed with UNC, and you know. There were UNC fans saying that, oh, we would regret this. You know, we were stupid for choosing Bryce Young over Drake May. You know, we were stupid for choosing Jalen Milrow over Drake May. Guess what? Jalen Milrow is still in the Heisman contention. Uh-huh. Um, Jalen Milrow is still in the college football contention. Jalen Milrow uh, – is being talked about as one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, in college football. Yep. Um, Jalen Milrow worked out just fine. Uh, Bryce Young worked out just fine. Uh-huh. Um, you know, Drake May, the, the reason Drake May didn't come to, to Alabama and, and sit the bench and wait his turn is because Drake May is afraid of competition. Uh-oh. You know how many five stars – go to Alabama and sit the bench and they sit the bench because they know there's usually not a better destination to go to in college football. If you want to make it to the NFL, than Alabama guys wait their turn. They put in the work. They accept the challenge of having to go up against other great players to earn their spot. And Drake and Drake may said, Oh, Bryce Young is already there. Uh, uh, there's another quarterback that they, they got in Jalen Milrow. I'm going to have to wait. Yeah, you're going to have to wait. Or you could go in to, to – you could go into Alabama and compete yes. and possibly win the job. We've had freshman quarterbacks start for us. Yeah. Like Jalen Hurts was a starting freshman. Yeah. Tua was a freshman and won us a natty. Yeah. Um. You know, we, we've we've had Jalen Milrow. This is his first year. He's essentially a redshirt sophomore. Like we've yeah. had young guys. Like Caleb Downs is a true freshman, and he's one of the best safeties in the country. You know what he did? Alabama had a bunch of guys come into the program, whether it was free agency or guys or transfer portal or guys who came back. And you know what Caleb Downs said? Yeah. Caleb Downs. Caleb Downs said. I'm that motherfucker. Let me go in here, earn my spot, and show Nick Saban why I deserve to play from day one. And Drake May didn't want to do that. He ran from the challenge, and he went to a program in which he knew he could start from day one and have no real competition on who the starter would be. That's because point, you UNC UNC has never had a five-star quarterback. Never. So if Drake May is is calling you and say, hey, I want to come to your program. I just decommitted from Alabama. They're going to run on that, and especially because Drake May's older brother played basketball at UNC. So, of yep. course, they would love to have, you know, that family tree stay at the, the, the program of UNC. But, like, why did you run from Alabama? Why did you run from the challenge? Like, why did you run from competition? And it, it, and it hasn't worked. Like you're you're, and some people are like, well, Ben, he's gonna be a, a a potential first round pick. He's gonna be a top five pick. How can you say it didn't work out? 
He's never had a 10-win season. Nope. He's never even come close to sniffing a college football contention. And he's he's the two years he's been electric this year and last year, he was out of Heisman discussions by week seven. Yep. So, yes, I'm going to hold him to the fire because if he had gone to Alabama where he's able to play with other great competition, guess what? I promise you he would probably be better than what he is if he had to go up against competition on a weekly basis in practice. I bet you Drake May would be better than what he is today. And he's already a really good quarterback. Um, I promise you, Drake May had stayed at Alabama and competed. He could have possibly been a quarterback that is, you know, possibly playing for a national championship, possibly winning a national championship. Yeah, yeah. You you decided to go to a program in which you knew that you had no freaking chance to ever compete for a national championship because – and the ACC, as bad as it is, we all know the only two programs that are ever going to contend Clemson. for a natty out of that program is FSU and Clemson. Yep. Nobody else. We don't take anyone – like, we haven't taken Miami serious yeah. in, like, 15 years. Yeah, Michael, Michael Irvin, yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, yeah. we, we don't take Miami serious anymore. The only two teams that we pay any type of attention to is Clemson and FSU. Everyone else, Pittsburghs, the UVAs, the NC State, the Syracuse, uh, that's, all that's those terrible. Guys, that's terrible. We don't we don't care about them. And and you guys like they your fan base of the ACC teams. Y'all try to say that your conference is better than what it is. Y'all try y'all try to make all the excuses in the world <laughs> on why on on how you guys aren't the worst. That aren't the worst. But you guys are the second the worst. You guys are somehow better than the Pac-12. You for damn sure ain't better than the Pac-12 this Hell year. No. The Hell Pac-12 no. is shitting on almost every conference in college football this year. So right. all those all those ACC fans that say y'all are definitely better than the Pac-12, where are y'all at now? How many how many schools do we have ranked in the ACC? How many? One. Okay. One. Yeah. One. FSU. FSU is the only program in the ACC that's ranked. Clemson, not ranked. Duke, not ranked. UNC, not ranked. Miami, not ranked. Like, come on now. Yeah, yeah. No, Ben, you're preaching. It was crazy as uh, as a yo, UNC fan. I know Dylan Monroe. He's not. He's not losing to. He's not losing to Georgia State. I know Drake made. Drake Bank did, and he just went to a soft conference. And that's okay. And I. But when, when we, Ben, when we say it, we're hating. But it is what it is, man. We're just trying to keep it on the show. And I guess fan base get they they cry and they whine when we say it. it is what it is. All right. But anyway, we we'll get some. Let's we'll give some players some flowers, shall we? Um, Ben, ben you want to say something to Marcus Carroll? Jaden Daniels, by the way, he's the favorite right now for the Heisman. I just looked it up on Twitter. He, it's looking like he's the favorite, but we shall see. Uh, but, yeah, and then obviously Jordan Travis. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, so um, Marcus Carroll just, just played LSU this past weekend. Um, and Marcus Carroll was the only bright spot out of that whole game for Georgia State. Uh, obviously, going into it, I knew Georgia State wasn't going to win it. I knew they were probably going to get blown out. But I wanted to see Marcus Carroll be able to perform against top quality teams. Mm-hmm. And he did just that. You know, he, he had 139 total yards of offense. He had a touchdown. 
Uh, and he there was even a couple instances where he could even have even more yards than what he got. Uh, Mark, I, I've I've been in love watching Marcus Carroll this year. Uh, I love a, a small school player that's able to you know compete with some of the best in the country. Uh, you know, Mar- Marcus Carroll has got thirteen hundred yards on the season. Uh, you know, he's fourth in rushing yards on on the year. Uh, any any. Unfortunately, because he's at a small program like Georgia State, he, he doesn't necessarily get all the recognition that he deserves. I think going into the draft this year, he's one of the he's one of the maybe three to five best running backs in, in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not it's not a deep draft class like some of the ones we've seen before. Right. Uh, and and so like Marcus Carroll, it's like when when he busts out on the NFL scene, like I don't want to hear fans like. Oh, I knew he was going to be good. No, you didn't. No one talked about Marcus Carroll. I haven't seen Marcus Carroll be talked about in mainstream media. I haven't seen people talk about Marcus Carroll within the college football ranks on social media. Like, honestly, the only person that I've seen talk about Marcus Carroll is myself. Yeah. Um, the guy is an absolute stud. I wish people would go back and watch Georgia State games on the year. Because uh, they they've been an extremely fun program for for a small the small school that they are, um, and yeah it it was just really cool to see you know a guy at a small school be able to compete with with some of the big dogs in college football. Um, no, Ben, you're Ben, you're picky about that about that because did, did did anyone mention like from this past draft, Keon Keon Mitchell from East East Carolina? Did you hear of him from that school or no? Like. People said that he was like electric, like he was super fast, right? Uh, but that was about it. Like no one was like really raving about Mitchell coming nope. out of ECU. Nobody. Nope, like people said, people said he was extremely fast. You know, had blazing speed. You know, you know, did good jobs getting in and out of cuts and stuff uh, to set to set himself up for big plays. But no one was super huge on him. Nope. Um, and. You know, the running back position in the NFL level, we've already seen, you know, them not take, you know, the NFL not take running back seriously. No, it don't. And, um, you know, we're starting to see it at the college level, you know. Yeah. Um, Ollie Gordon, people people didn't start talking about Ollie Gordon until he started running for 100-yard games week after week after week. Yeah. No one was going to talk about Ollie Gordon before that because he was a former three-star. Yeah, Amarian Hampton is a f- former three-star. Nobody was talking about him until he started going off. Yeah, Taj Brooks out of Texas Tech, the only good thing out of Texas Tech this year because they lost their quarterback early in the year. Yeah, Taj Brooks, a former three-star. Marcus Carroll, I believe, a former two or three-star. Cody Schrader was a fucking zero-star coming out of high school. The man was a walk-on for four years. At Missouri, this man was a walk-on. This dude was paying his tuition to go to Missouri. That's crazy, you know. And then, and then his senior season, he led the team in rushing. He had like just under 800 yards as a walk-on still, and he didn't get a scholarship until this off-season. And now he's sixth in the country in rushing. He's he's first in the SEC in rushing. This guy That's crazy. was a zero. No one's talking about it. The guy was a zero-star recruit coming out of high school, was a walk-on for four years at Missouri, almost gave up on football, and then Missouri finally gave him a scholarship, 
And you know what he, he rewarded Missouri for, for giving him the scholarship? He's the sixth leading rusher in the fucking country. Like, why aren't we talking about these guys? Like, the only running back that I've heard people talk about from the start of the season up until now is, like, Damian Martinez, Jonathan Brooks, and Audric Estime. That's it. I haven't heard people talking about some of these other top-end running backs. I haven't heard anyone talk about Imani Bailey for TCU. Why? Because TCU fell the fuck off. Yeah. I haven't heard anyone talk about Frank Gore Jr., the legend Woo! of a fucking future Hall of Famer and Frank Gore Sr. Like Frank Gore has had a t- tremendous season yes, this did. year. Uh, Bucky Irving has had a great season this year, but every obviously we're all talking about Bo Nix. Uh, Rasheen Ali out of Marshall has had a tremendous oh, yeah. season. Yeah. RJ, RJ Harvey out of UCF has had a tremendous season. Like UCF like leads the nation in rushing yards per game. Why aren't we talking about RJ Harvey? He's the face of that rushing attack. That's crazy. So, that so crazy. It, it, it's crazy to see like just how little recognition some of these great running backs at the college level don't get talked about. And it, it's fucking disgusting because I know the second they go to the NFL – like that level of thinking is already at the NFL position. Oh, we can just find another running back. We ain't got to pay running back. Not easy. Well, like, it, it's fucking disgusting. Like, that's one of the hardest positions to play. You get hit more than in, almost, pretty much more than any other position. Like, running backs take a massive beating and are so underappreciated. It's just fucking disgusting. Like, we don't talk about these guys enough. And they're some of the hardest working guys on your entire team. Yes. This is why I like talking about this on this podcast. And this is why the audience loves this. Now, Jaden McDa- um, Daniels. Uh, I almost said Jalen McDaniels again. But Jaden Daniels, what do, what do you think about him uh, this past weekend? Jaden Daniels' story is honestly fucking insane. Uh, excuse my French. It's okay. It's okay. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels was someone who started his collegiate career at Arizona State. We already talked about Arizona State earlier. You know, their their lack of not being able to produce talent. They're, you know, them not necessarily being a sports school, especially on the football side of the ball. You know, Jaden Daniels had a nice freshman season at Arizona State, right? Was relatively efficient. Uh, I believe he had, you know, maybe 3,000 yards or, or, or close to 3,000 yards. He had like 17 touchdowns to two interceptions, right? That's a great freshman season, right? Sophomore year kind of regressed. Junior season, I, I believe he dealt with an injury and then, um, you know, put his name into the transfer portal and chose to go to LSU. Like, people forget Jaden McDaniels, when he left ASU – got a lot of fucking flack. He got a lot of criticism leaving Arizona State. Like people were like, bro, why the fuck are you leaving Arizona State for LSU? You're not that fucking good, dude. Like you 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 couldn't play in the Pac-12 at a low school. They like what do you, what makes you think that you can play in the SEC at a prestigious university? I hate fans. Where you know, you, you know he he had his the teammates that he was playing with at Arizona State, the, the day he decided to put his name in the transfer portal, his instead of him cleaning out his locker, 
his teammates went to his locker and started taking his shit and the shit they didn't take, they were throwing it away. And the whole time they were videotaping it and they were mocking uh, Jaden Daniels, talking about he wasn't talented, that he was going to be an utter failure uh, at LSU, that it was going to blow up in his face, right? Day one, from day one, Jaden Daniels was at LSU. He was a monster. Uh, and, he, and he only got better. Um, you know, by the end of last year, the whole country knew who the hell Jaden Daniels was. And then now this year, for him to put up the, the yards that we're seeing, um, you know, his, his growth as a player, it, it's been night and day. Uh, it's absolutely um, amazing thing to see. And and I'm an Alabama fan, so he, for me to sit here and give credit to an LSU guy, yeah, exactly, yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be really freaking good. Um, you know, seventy three percent completion percentage. 3,600 passing yards, you know, a 36 to four touchdown interception ratio on top of uh, a thousand yards rushing on top of an additional 10 more rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Um, You know, like we haven't seen a quarterback be this electric as both a passer and a running back since Lamar Jackson won the Heisman at, at, um, at Louisville. Louisville, Louisville, yeah. Like, obviously, Jaden is is a lot more efficient as a passer. Right. Um, you know, Lamar Jackson completed only like fifty eight percent of his passes the year he won the Heisman. Uh, he, I think, he threw for less than three thousand yards. I think it was like around twenty five hundred to twenty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. But Lamar had eighteen hundred rushing yards and like. 16 to 18 rushing touchdowns that year. So obviously he was deserving of it. Um, but yeah, Jaden Daniels is highly deserving of this Heisman this year. He's been absolutely amazing to watch. Um, you know, he's got two incredible wide receivers that he's able to throw to on a nightly basis and Brian Thomas and Malik neighbors. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I want to give Jaden Daniels his props. I think for the next level at the NFL level, he has to put weight onto his frame. You know, he's a 6'4 quarterback, but he's about 205 pounds. You can mm-hmm. see it on him that he is a, that he has a very slim frame. And he's going to have to put on some muscle to, to be able to take some of those hits at the next level because, you know, speed at the college level is a very dangerous thing. Yes. Because, you know, you have a lot more players spread out across a lot more teams. Right. So if you have someone who's electric as a runner and has stupid athleticism at the college level, you know, they can get away with being a slimmer quarterback. Right. At the NFL level, everyone's just as fast as you. Yes. And everyone's going to be probably stronger than you. And so he's going to have to, you know, he's not going to be able to just run the ball at the NFL level the same way he does at the college level. So, He's going to have to stick in the pocket and, and, and work throws with his arm. And, you know, occasionally he's going to have to take a couple hits. So uh, if, if you're going to have to take a couple hits, you're going to need to add some weight to your frame. But uh, this dude is a, the dude is a, is a baller, man. So I, I want to give him his props, even though he plays for my uh, arch rival in LSU. 
since you told me this story, I, I low key, I just I really wanted him to win the Heisman at this point. I mean, shit, that's a great story, man. I appreciate you telling the audience. I mean that. I mean, that's serious. I want him or Pete Penix at this point getting the Heisman at this point. Now, with that being said, uh, your thoughts with Jordan Travis and prayers for this man. Uh, oh man, uh, your thoughts, my man. Yeah, prayers to Jordan Travis. Um, you know, this is a guy that has, you know, relatively a similar story to, to Jaden Daniels. You know, somebody who came into college, maybe not the most polished player in the world, uh, but somebody who is willing to put in the work. Um, somebody who is more than willing to, to rise to the occasion and try and be the, the absolute best player that they could be, right? Um it sucks for Jordan Travis. Um, you know, he stuck it, stuck around at Florida State when he necessarily didn't have to. Um, you know, Florida State was a dying program up until this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And so Jor- Jordan could have left at any moment to try and, you know, maybe play for a team that would put him in a better position to, you know, to possibly be in a college football playoff, right? Because that, yeah. that's always been Jordan Travis's goal. Um, and to see him go down and, and how gruesome of an injury it was, um, you know, the second, you know, you saw the attack where, you know, get off of him and you saw his, his, his leg, you, you knew it was over. You knew it was over. And um, I thought it was very disgusting that they kept showing it. Um, you know, it, it should have been like the, the LSU game when Duke played, or it should have been like the Louisville college basketball game when Duke played us, when we played them a, a few years back and Russ Smith had the same similar injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the network completely turned the game off, but yet the NCAA kept replaying Jordan Travis's injury. It, it, it was, it's disrespectful to him. Uh, you know, that's a very, very emotional uh, state that he ha- that he was going through at the time, and 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 they continued to show it. Um, you know, like if you want to stay on air, point the camera at some at something else, like point it at the coaches or something. Or if you want to point at the player, you know, maybe keep it above, you know, hips up, so you, fans aren't having to see that gruesome injury. Um, you know, I wish him the best. It, it sucks that his collegiate career is, is officially over, uh, you know, so he's not necessarily going to be able to bounce, you know, bounce back from the injury and try and come back next season stronger um, because Jordan Travis needed all this experience uh, to, to continue showing the scouts that he could maybe play at the next level. Like, I don't think, I think he would have been like a, you know, maybe a third or fourth round pick. Just because he has a lot, of, he has a lot more areas in which he needs to work on. But you know, if if he stays healthy and Florida State stays in the college football playoff and 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 plays in a college football playoff, you know, wins an ACC championship title, you know, that's going to boost you know Travis Travis's draft stock, right? You know, the more wins you have under you, and especially against great teams, it's going to rise your draft stock. And now, you know, he's not going to be able to finish the regular season out. He, he's not going to be able to, to go up against Clemson uh, in, in the ACC championship game. You know, he's, he's not going to be able to compete in the college football playoffs. 
you know, or or even a bowl game. You know, he he's not going to be able to com- compete in the Senior Bowl. Like he's he's not he's probably not going to be able to compete at the combine. And so, you know, a guy whose draft stock was going up in the right direction, you know, for him to have this injury when he has it, it it's it's almost going to screw over, you know, him having any type of chance at, at making his dreams come true of playing in the NFL level. And I feel bad for that because, um, like I said, you know, he's a great kid. He's a really good kid. And, um, you know, this, to see him have to deal with that injury and, and essentially know that his, you know, his career playing football is over and, you know, he's going to have to go on to different stuff, it's, it's heartbreaking. So it's heartbreaking, all yeah. the prayers – all the prayers, um, you know, from from you and I, from, yeah. from everybody to, to Jordan Travis and his family. I, I hope he recovers, and I wish him nothing but the best and whatever he decides to do for the rest of his life. Yes, yes. So with that being said, let's get with the picks for the for the games, Ben. Uh, I think there's three games good games this week. Obviously, um, uh, shout out to Ohio State. My, my buddy buddy of mine goes there. My neighbor goes there. So her name is Morgan, by the way. Shout out to you, Morgan. But in anyways, um, how do you feel about actually before that game, Ben? Who are you? Who do you got? Oregon State at Oregon. That's a good game. DJ versus Bo Nix. It will be a good game. It will be. Um, I expect Oregon to do, you know, what they did against Arizona State. I don't expect them to win by as much, but. I expect them to do the opposite of what Washington has done this year. You know, I expect them to be able to, you know, face Oregon State at home and take advantage of the areas where Oregon State's weak at. Um, you know, it, you Oregon has to keep has to keep winning if they want any shot right at playing for a natty. Uh, so, you know, so you got to win this game, and then you got to win the rematch. Uh, versus Washington in the Pac-12 championship. Right. So um, I expect Bo Nix to continue, you know, making a case on why, you know, maybe he deserves the Heisman over Jaden Daniels. So uh, I expect Bo to, to to have a really big game, and I expect Oregon to, to be victorious. All right. You know what? I'm going to go with the upset here, Ben. Let's go, DJ. I'm going to go Oregon Screw State. Screw you. Screw you. <laughs> Ben's like, Ben's like, of course, Ben's. Goes to Oregon State over Bo Nix. Of course he does. All right. Anyways, um, Ohio State or Michigan? Oh, man, I, man, I wish I wish CJ was playing for Ohio State right now because Ohio State would be the favorite for whatever. Um, Ben, how do you feel about this game? I think Michigan. I mean, I Michigan fans. I hope you listen to this. By the way, I know you think JJ McCarthy's, uh, you know, generational. He, he he's not, in my opinion. He's just benefiting because of the running game and the receivers. But it is what it is, Ben. I mean, you can't argue with this Michigan fans because they love their white quarterbacks. It is what it is. But Ben, <laughs> how do you feel about this game overall? I think Michigan is the better team. Um, they as they're at home, no excuses. But how do you feel about how do you feel about Ohio State's chances with this game? To me, it all depends on their quarterback play, in my opinion. Yeah, so uh, Michigan's definitely the better team. Uh, yes. I don't think Michigan. I don't think Michigan is some juggernaut like you know a, a Georgia from a couple years from the last couple of years. I don't feel like they're a juggernaut like some Alabama team. I, I don't even think they're a juggernaut of some of the best Michigan teams that have been that have, have been throughout the, the course of their history. Interesting. 
Um, you know, I don't think they're as good as some of the, the great Ohio State teams that we've seen. Um, like you said, you know, they – I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. J.J. McCarthy is a bit better than, than, than mediocre. Uh-oh. Um, he's a bit better than being mediocre. You know, and the second he gets to the NFL – um, that's when people are going to be like, oh, yeah, see, I, I knew J.J. McCarthy wasn't going to work out. I, I, I knew I knew it. I knew it. I, I knew it. Man, shut the fuck up. I, I've heard way too much J.J. McCarthy talk this season. That, <laughs> oh, see, look, see, look, J.J.'s a superstar. Oh, look, see, J.J.'s the best quarterback in the country. Oh, look, J.J.'s the best player in the country. Oh, J.J., J.J., J.J. The only J.J. I respect is J.J. Reddick. Yes, yes. Um, but, yeah, Blake Corum, you know, Blake Corum leads the country in rushing touchdowns, yeah. right? He's been an absolute monster for them in the red zone. Um, Donovan Edwards, the, the secondary running back, you know, him and Blake Corum have been a, one of the best running back duos in the entire country. Even though they haven't had the season that they did last year um, when it comes to rushing yards, uh, but they're, they're scoring they're, – they score all the touchdowns for Michigan. They you do. Know, and you know, Michigan only really has one one wide receiver in Roman Wilson. Um, you know, and there are times when you watch Michigan where JJ McCarthy is staring down his only receiver because he has no faith really in anyone else because they don't have the talent or they're mm-hmm. too young, or you know, they haven't been in those, you know, game situation moments. Um, their defense is amazing. I think I think if their defense wasn't as good as it is, if their defense wasn't the number one defense in the country, I don't think we're even talking about Michigan being a college football team. I don't. Mm. I, I don't. I don't think they're good enough offensively, uh, you know, to really match up with some of these top end teams. And oh. I think I think the same thing for Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State's defense isn't that good, especially compared to some of their generational defense that we've seen right. them produce, like Nick Bosa, and things like that. Um, yep. Yeah, etc. Yes, you know Kyle Vander or uh, Vander Esch and all them. Yes. Right? Yes. Yep. So, um, and you know the the Laronitis and all of them back in the day, early two thousand. Yes. Yes. Um. So you know their defense is it's good. It's a it's a it's one of the better defense in the country, but. It's not it's not a dominant, you know, we're gonna shut you out type of defense, you know. Um, you know, and then offensively, like Henderson, you know, he's been hit or miss. Obviously he had a great game last week for him, but you know, he hasn't necessarily been, you know, the top five running back that people made him out to be to start the year. People said he was one of the five best running backs that was coming back in college football. And he, where the hell has he been? Mm. He's, been almost, he, he's almost been irrelevant outside of two or three games. Um, at the wide receiver spot, you have Emeka Agbuda and Marvin Harrison. Guess what? To start the year, people are talking about Emeka and Marvin both being first-round selections. Yeah, yeah. Emeka might not even be a day-two selection. No. Like, Emeka – I would say is a third or fourth round pick right now. You know, he, he wasn't he yeah. he wasn't amazed he wasn't amazing last year. He dealt with some injuries on as well. 
And then this year he's dealt with injuries again. Yeah. And he's been even he's been even more lackluster of a player than he was last year. Yeah, like, injuries fucking him up. Yeah. Yeah. Emeka has been so bad this year that when people talk about Ohio State wide receivers, they say Ohio State only has one receiver now. But to start of the year, like I said, people were considering Emeka and Marvin to both be first round selections. Where's that talk at now? Like why? Why aren't people talking about Emeka now? Um, and, and for and for Marvin, you know, unfortunately for him, he has Kyle McCord. You know, having Kyle McCord compared to C.J. Stroud the previous year is a massive drop off. Um, you know, and it, it could be a reason why his his numbers aren't reflective to the type of talent that he is. You know, it it, it might be. The reason why, you know, he's not up there with like Malik Neighbors uh, and the Colin Lacey and the Roman mm-hmm. Dunes and, and the Troy Franklin when it comes to yardage. Uh, like, we all know Marvin Harrison's stupid talented, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he, he's just unfortunately in a system that, you know, isn't necessarily as talented as it once, once has been. So, th- this game is very interesting. Obviously, it controls the fate of, you know, the college football landscape. You know, one of them should should probably be eliminated after this game. It's going to be Ohio um, State, sadly. Yeah, I, I think it is going to be Ohio State. I think just, you know, Michigan with their running back duo. Yeah. Um, and that defense, like I said, being the best defense in the country this year. Um, I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for Ohio State, sadly. I would love it. I would love to see Ohio State win. I would. I would much rather see Ohio State win, just because I don't like the Michigan fan base. Me neither. Me neither. They don't keep it real. And also, also Ben, just two bias. Question for you, Ben: If Bama had Michigan on their schedule, do you think this Bama team right now could beat Michigan? Um, I think it would have depended on when we played them. I think if we played them early on in the season they might get the win over us just because, you know, we had a lot of guys, like I said, you know, first-year players, freshmen. Yeah. Like yeah. Our left tackle is a freshman. Our starting safety is a freshman. Um, you know, we got players uh, throughout the team in other areas where, you know, it's their first year as a starter. Like Terion Arnold, it's his first year as a true starter. You know, last year he played the slot for us. Now he's an outside receiver, outside corner, and he's been fucking amazing. But, you know, it took him a couple of weeks to, to really show it, right? So I think if we had played Michigan early on, they'd probably get the better of us, especially because, like, early on in the season, that's when J.J. McCarthy was actually playing his best uh-huh, friend football. Uh-huh. And so, like I said, I think if Michigan got us early, they would beat us like Texas did. But if they were to play us right now, this weekend, I think we would decimate them. I agree with you. I agree with you. Which is which funny. It's, it's funny because a lot of Michigan fans that I talk to, they're like, "I ain't scared of Bama." I mean, their quarterback is weak. I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right." Because I want you know what's crazy. Our, our 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 you know what's funny is our quarterback is is so weak supposedly, but yet he's got better numbers than their quarterback. I he's agree. he's more he's more he's more efficient than their quarterback. You know but, why I want yeah, this I, I guess I guess our quarterback is weak though. No, ben, I want this shit to happen because you know why? I want Bamba to make it. I want them to play Michigan. You know why? Because Jim Harbaugh is in the press conference. They're they're America's team. So Ben, do you have a message 
put Jim Harbaugh in those, in those Michigan fans right now? Because they're so confident right now. They're being so cocky. I haven't seen this Michigan fans being so cocky. They were, remember, Ben, they are so cocky last year, and they got beat by TCU. But, hey, some Michigan makes excuses because, oh, we didn't have Blake Corum. Well, hey, apparently, well, hey, you, what, I, I don't know. But go ahead, Ben. You have any message for Michigan fans and for Jim Harbaugh for saying, hey, we're America's team right now, apparently? So, hold on. Let me just get – let me just a quick second. All right. So – to be America's team, you gotta win, right? Yeah. And I don't I don't mean regular season games. I mean national fucking championships. Like the big boy. You know. When was the last time we even saw Michigan in a natty game? Let alone win one. Was it was it Brady, right? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I know the last time they won one. I don't know the last time they played in one before the one they the last time they won one. But anyways, to be America's team, you gotta win the big one. And you haven't won the big one since '97. Yeah, Brady. Brady and the yeah. last, the last, the last big one you won before that, Brady wasn't the starting quarterback of that team though. Damn. Um, Brady did not win a national championship as a starting quarterback. Wow. Um, his, bro, Brady didn't get a didn't get the start until his senior season. That's crazy. Our junior senior season. But before '97, guess when the last time they won one was? Before '97, damn, was it in the '70s? Before 1997, when was the last time? No, later. Wow, '60s. No, 1948. Oh my god. So you're America's team. You've won two championships in the last what, eighty years? Two championships in eighty years, but you're America's team. Man, get the fuck out of here, like, bro. Like, you have a hard time even making it to the big dance, let alone winning the big dance. Mm. And what? You're America's team because they're the first school in college history to have a thousand wins. Congratulations! You've been playing since the 1800s. Mm. Like you guys, you guys won your first national championship in 1901. Some <laughs> schools weren't even a fucking around in 1901, <laughs> let alone playing football. Like you're America's team because you were winning championships during the fucking what Soviet reunion. Mm. Like. Like you guys were winning national championships before World War One, so you're America's team. Man, get the fuck out of here! Your 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 thousand wins over the course of your two hundred year fucking school does not make you America's team. You have to win the big dance. Um, guess what? Guess what? Michigan's so let alone Michigan hasn't played for a national championship. Guess what their fucking playoff record is? So the college football playoffs has been around since what, 2013? Yeah, yeah. Guess guess what guess what the record is since in since 2013 in the college football playoffs? It's not great. So 0-2. Oh. 0-2. Oh. They've only Uh-oh. made the playoffs twice in 10 years. And you're America's team? Man, get the fuck out of here. Florida State is more of America's team than you. Ohio State is more of America's team than you. Alabama, for damn sure, is more of America's team than, than you. Yeah, we will fine. never be America's team because people fucking hate us because we win so damn much. Exactly. Even Georgia. 
Georgia is more of America's team oh, yeah. than you. Oh, yeah. US, USC is more of America's oh, yeah. team than oh, you. Oh, yeah. No one cares about Ann Arbor. Nobody. <laughs> the only people that care about Ann Arbor are the people in Ann Arbor. <laughs> yeah. The only people that care about Michigan are the people who go to Michigan. Oh, man. I wish I had the amen. Like, amen. You, you, you are hated in your own state. Outside of your own fan base. <laughs> like, people fucking hated Michigan when y'all had Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, you did. People yeah. hated Michigan when y'all had Brady Hoke. Yeah. Y'all fucking – nobody was talking about Michigan until Jim Harbaugh decided to come back to the program. Matt, remember the Fat Five? Look at Michigan. But, oh you're, but you're, Ameri- you're America's team? You're Amer- Where's your Heisman winner, America's mm-hmm. team? Where's your like I said? Where's your natty, America's team? Where where where's all your fucking all pro fucking NFL caliber players, America's team? Where 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 are all these great players at? Uh, I'm not saying that you, I'm not saying that they don't produce players at the next level, but right. if you're America's team, you should have superstars flooded in the NFL. Yeah. And you don't. You don't know. You guys you, haven't had a gener- you guys haven't had a generational player since Tom Brady. Yeah. And Charles yep. Woodson. Yep. Yep. You're not was, America's uh, team. And by the way, you're I not was, even close to being America's team. Yeah, I was one years old in one last one last uh and also let's keep it a beat, man. You know why Jim Harbaugh said it? It's because Jim Harbaugh is getting is getting, you know, in trouble because of this. And obviously remember those shirts, everybody versus us. That's that's why those Michigan fans are you know, cocky right now, which is kind of funny. You it is, it is, it is everybody versus you because no one likes you. Mm. you. You like no one likes you at basketball. You guys, like you guys, have been talking about how you're this great fucking basketball program ever since you had the Fab Five. You had the greatest recruiting class in college basketball history, and you didn't win a fucking thing with them. <laughs> They love to mention the five five, but guess what? Guess what? College team that your your football program, like I said, hasn't won a natty since Charles Woodson was playing for you. <laughs> you only have two Heisman winners throughout the your entire fucking two hundred year career. You're one of the oldest football programs in history, and you only have two Heisman's. And get the fuck out of here, bro! But you saw you saw Desmond Howard crying. Well, it's, it's it's amazing they're getting getting on us, but how come they don't get get on Bama or the SEC? Well, it doesn't whatever. It doesn't what do you mean people don't people don't get on Bama? We're getting fucking ridiculed the last two years. Mm. We got ridiculed. We got ridiculed last year after having the greatest two loss season in college football history. We had yep. two losses by a combined two points, where both losses happened on the road in overtime. In a prime time game that was at night, we were playing on the road in two of the hardest environments in college football history in Tennessee and LSU, and we lost both games by a combined two points. We got ridiculed last year for not making the college football playoffs. We've we've been ridiculed this year after the Texas loss. The committee wrote us off after the Texas loss. That's why they put us at, what, 12 or 13 after we lost to Texas. They put us in that position so that it would be a challenging uh, battle for us to try and get back in the college football program. So, Desmond Howard, don't give me that shit where, oh, where, where, where's the criticism for Bama? 
we are the most criticized program and since Nick Saban has been with us. There's a, like we've won six natties. The years we don't get we don't win a natty, people say Nick Saban fell off. Yeah, That's how cool. fucking good we are. Is that when we don't win, people are so fucking shocked that we get fucking ridiculed the entire offseason until the next season. So Desmond Howard, you think you're getting ridiculed? Step into the foot or step into the shoes of an Alabama player. Yeah, yeah. You, no. You, no one gets more ridiculed than Nick Saban and every single fucking player that wears an Alabama uniform. No school gets ridiculed more than us. Yep, yep. And and also, real quick, one one more thing. Um, and I just wanted I just want to say it, uh, Ben. And and I just have to, I just I just I just have to say it. Um, you know, it it, it is what it is. I mean, with these with these fans, but you know, but uh, and real quick, real quick before I I say my thing. Um, want to give praise to this man, and I hope everybody listens to this take because in two years and three years, people will know about this man. And Ben DM me, well DM me on this one on Instagram on Instagram, and I appreciate it, Ben. It's, can we give a flowers to another pretty uh, brother, Ben? Chuba, uh, his name is Chuba. Chuba, yeah, Chuba, Chuba So tell the audience about him. I mean, you think uh, obviously he's got to go through the right situation, but Ben, how good can can you think Brock Purdy's brother can just be like Brock or even better? So I think I think he would definitely be just as good as Brock. Um, the difference between Brock and Chuba, I think Brock is maybe a tad bit better as a passer. Yeah. Uh, but Chuba Chuba is a better athlete. Chuba is extremely mobile. Um, like he has secret. He has like secret athleticism. You know, he broke off. Two very very nice runs in, in that Wisconsin game this, this past weekend. Um, you know his first his first NF, or his first collegiate start. He had what 170 yards passing, and he had over 100 yards rushing. So 270 yards total on the day. For th- that's his first collegiate start at a terrible program that's that's rebuilding in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Chuba Purdy. You know, he didn't get a lot of uh, recognition coming out of high school. I believe he was like a three-star, maybe a low four-star. Um, but, you know, he started his collegiate career at FSU, um, was the backup behind Jordan Travis. Um, you know, Jordan Travis, you know, st- was developing every single season, getting better every single season. So, you know, Chubbo never got an opportunity, right, and something, you know t- – when they were getting blown out, right? He would come in and play garbage minutes. Um, you know, and so he decided to make the transition to Nebraska, and he made that transition last year. Um, they obviously didn't play him for whatever reason. Going into this year, I was like, okay, you know, he's going to get his start. You know, they don't have a quarterback you know, there's there should be a reason they went out and got this kid out of FSU. Yeah. And, um, you know, they didn't start him to start the year. You know, they, they, they played two other quarterbacks. They were absolutely abysmal yeah. with those two quarterbacks. And finally, what, Matt Rule, their head coach, um, you yeah. know, finally made the smart decision of saying, hey, let, let me see what this dude Chubba has. Um, and like I said, Chubba is extremely talented. He's got, uh, I believe, two years of eligibility left in college after this <laughs> year. So, 
you know, he can continue to develop. And I, I think he's someone who's going to utilize those two extra years to really hone in his abilities. But, um, you know, when, when it's time for him to enter the NFL draft and, and play at the next level, I think he's going to be just as good, just as good of his, as his brother, if anything. Uh, I think he has maybe the potential to be a tad bit better, like I said, just because he's not a pocket passer. He is a dual-threat quarterback. Right. And so with him, you know, being able to utilize his legs a little bit more than Brock does, um, I think he has potential to be a tad bit better. But I do think he'll be just as good as Brock. Hopefully he goes to a better situation. Hopefully, you guys. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully the smart teams will drop them. Hopefully, Ben will take him into Washington. He will be happy. Um, <laughs> anyways, and real quick before we before we move on, Ben, um, at least Bama will not will, wouldn't lose to TCU. I know some team lost to TCU last year, but it's all good. But it's, uh, whatever. All right, now um, let's go with the NFL. Oh yeah, Ameri- uh, so called America's team lost to TCU. Oh yeah, apparently the, the apparently their excuse was we didn't have our best running back. Well, oh, oh shit, my bad. Oh, I'm be, oh well, really? Oh shit. But hey, uh, JJ McCarthy's a uh, generation of it all. All right, now um, let's go with week twelve eleven recap. All right. Um, by the way, uh, prayers for Joe Burrow. I mean, and um, you know, shout out to the Ravens though. And prayers for Mark. Um, you know, their t- uh, the Ravens tight end as well. Um, you know, Mark Andrews, and I, it's, it sucks, man, with these injuries this year. But it is what it is. It's football. I, I just we get, I wish we had a year that no one gets injured. But that's not. it's not going to be the case because it's football, right? No, that uh, would never happen. That would never happen, unfortunately. So, I mean, because the Ravens get hurt almost every year. So, listen, man, congrats on the Ravens. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, I mean, it sucks, man. You know, he got injured before the season started. Uh, I feel like the Bengals should have waited more. But it is what it is, man. I, I get why they have to start him because the AFC North is the best division in football. Um, you know, now Higgins was, you know, was getting injured, yada, yada, yada. Same with Jamar Chase. We'll see. Now, the question is going to be for the Bengals now is, well, are they going to pay, pay to Higgins? We're, we're going to find out. And, Ben, preach about this because because people had this, you know, people in the media had the same injury with Tua, you know, you know what, you know, with Twitter, you know, they're calling it injury prone. Now you can say about Joe Burrow being injury prone. So go ahead, Ben, preach about it because you're probably tired of it. Of, of the haters on Tua, but it is what it is at this point. But go ahead, Ben. Um, shout out to the Ravens once again. Um, good game for Lamar Jackson, but, you know, prayers again to Mark Andrews. And I'm hearing that he's going to be okay for the playoffs. We shall see. But, you know, and we know the, re- the the record for the Ravens without him. So we'll see if the Ravens will do well, get more wins um, to surpass that. Uh, with, with, we got, we, we've seen Ben, they, the Ravens struggle without Mark Andrews. So we shall see. But, Ben, any thoughts? I uh, praise for Joe Burrow once again. It is sucks that we still see another superstar uh, being out for the season. Deshaun and then Joe Burrow. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know, we never want injuries, no. uh, you know, in sports. You know, we, we never want to see injuries in, in real life. No. You know, we never want to see somebody hurt, right? We never yeah. want to see someone have to, you know, come back from, you know, a serious, you know, uh, you know, a serious injury or, or in any injury for that matter. Um, so, yeah, definitely, um, you know, well wishes to Joe Burrow, well wishes to Mark Andrew. Um, as much as I don't agree with Deshaun's life choices, right. you know, I hope he, I hope he recovers. Um, you know, I hope anyone who deals with injury is able to recover and make a comeback and, and continue doing what, what it is that they love. 
Um, but yeah, going to Joe Burrow, yeah, NFL media um, and even social media, you know, so-called the people who are so-called gurus on, on social media who, <laughs> you know, believe they're the greatest evaluators in, in human history. Um, you know, none of them will talk about Joe Burrow's uh, injury history. Not a single one of them will. Um, you you mentioned Joe Burrow already being hurt this year, right? Came into yeah. the season hurt, right? Yeah. Got got a little knickknack injury during the season, and then now is out for the season, right? So what? Two three injuries in, in one season, right? Mm-hmm. So Joe Burrow. Oh, and by the way, Tua hasn't been hurt this year, not once. Mm. So Tua and Joe Burrow, all came, and, and Justin Herbert all got drafted in the same uh-huh. year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So they've, they've been in the league the same same exact time, right? So Joe Burrow had an injury in college, right? Tua had two injuries in college, all right? Uh-huh. So Tua was up two, two to one, right, in injuries. Um, Tua's been hurt six times um, in the NFL, right? Throughout yep. his short tenure in the NFL. Yep. Joe Burrow's been hurt ten times. Oh. Joe Burrow's been hurt four. Joe Burrow's been hurt four more times than Tua, but yet the NFL media will make it seem like Tua's been hurt a hundred times and Joe Burrow's only <laughs> yeah, been hurt right. once. Um, you know, and, and when you go and look at um, Tua's injuries, Tua has never had a single injury in the NFL in which he had to miss the entire duration of the season. Yeah, it wasn't Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow has had it twice. Yeah. Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow got knocked out for the season when he yep. faced Washington Chase early Young. in his career. Yeah. Yep. And then now this year, fast forward to this year, he gets hurt again for the remaining duration of the season. So why aren't we talking about it, NFL media, that a quarterback is injury prone? Yes, he's, he's extremely talented. Yeah, he's, you know, a top 10, top five quarterback in the NFL level. Um, you know, he, he, he got his team to a Super Bowl. He, he put his team in a position to even win that Super Bowl. Yes, he did, yeah. But you're not talking about his injury history. Why aren't you talking about his injury history? I, 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 I really wonder. And then, and then you, you start to, to, to go and look at some of the other players Throughout history, that they that they've questioned and, and deemed um, Tua Lamar keep going. Yeah, Lamar injury prone. Hmm. What is Lamar? Lamar is a black man. Uh-huh. Tua. Tua is not white either. Tua yeah. is Samoan, and he's short. So he's got to be injury prone because he's short, right? Kyler Murray. They they deem Kyler Murray injury prone. Yeah. Hmm. Kyler Kyler Murray is an, is another black man. Interesting. Um, you know Michael Vick. They deem Michael Vick an injury prone quarterback, and and Michael Vick was. But guess what? Man, Michael Vick was a black man. Um, another Donovan one. RG three. Yeah. RG three deemed injury prone. Hmm. What is he? What is he? Uh, Vince. Black He's man. another black man. What so all these things are just like connecting the same thing over and over and over again. We're only ridiculing the black quarterbacks who have injury history. Yep. Hmm. That's crazy. Daniel Jones has been hurt multiple yeah, times in his career. Yep. Yeah. But guess what? 
he's a white guy. We're not going to deem him an injury-prone quarterback. Um, Joe Burrow is a white man, so we're not going to we're not going to criticize him for being an injury-prone quarterback. You know what? I'm surprised they haven't that, mentioned yet. Just on, just on Jimmy, Jimmy, yeah, Jimmy G, Jimmy G, yeah, injury-prone yeah. quarterback. Yeah, oh, hmm. you're right. We <laughs> don't call him an injury-prone quarterback, though. I wonder why. He's a white man. Um, you know, and I could go on and on and on about this, right? So, is it because they're black that they're injury prone? Do you think because they're black and they've had a few injuries that they can't come back from those and, and become stronger? Like, why are we only labeling one specific race of quarterbacks or spe- one specific race of players injury prone? But when another race or ethnicity is injury prone, possibly to an even higher extent, we don't label label them injury prone players. I, I wonder why that is, Vince. It's it's a it's a it's 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 I'm not surprised anymore. It's a shame. I hate when the media involved race in this, but it is what it is, and uh, man, it's America. It's it's a damn shame. I love my country, but. It's a damn shame. It's uh, what, what what can we say, Ben? Like, I mean, it's the same thing for college football as well. Like, it, you know, it's 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 it, it, it is what it is. Like, we can preach all we want about it, but it's nothing's gonna stop it. I mean, and Ben, which what makes me so mad about it is you're right, but they won't they won't mention it. And it's uh, to me, I guess it's fair to say is they're too scared. To, I mean, it's either too too scared, or it's obviously a race thing. But it is what it, like what can we really say? When it when it comes to the co- when it comes to the quarterback position, it's one thousand percent a race thing. It's one thousand percent a race thing. Yeah. Like for some for some fucking reason, and it's been like this since Warren Moon. Yeah. It's been like this since um, Randall Cunningham. Yeah. It's been like this. Um, it's been like this since Doug Williams. Like Doug Williams, they they. They wrote Doug Williams off. They said he was an injury-prone quarterback. Hmm. Guess what? Doug Williams is another black man. Yeah. Um. So and, and Doug Williams is the first black quarterback to ever win a fucking Super Bowl. Yeah. Look at um, that. They don't appreciate but, that. But, for, they, don't, but, they, don't, they don't appreciate for, that. For so for so many for so many years, white people deemed the quarterback position a white position. Why? Yeah. They they thought. Black quarterbacks were not smart enough to be able to pick up a playbook, to be able to pick up languages, to be able to read defenses. They thought black men were not smart enough to play the fucking quarterback position. Are you that fucking is... stupid? You know how I many fucking retarded? Sorry, I don't want to say retarded. I, okay. I retract that statement. You know how many dumb motherfuckers who are white have played the fucking quarterback position 10 times worse than some of the greatest black quarterbacks to ever exist? No. But yet they don't get ridiculed. Why? Why aren't? They, why? Why is it that they're smart enough to play the position, but yet they can't excel at that position? They're a white quarterback. They should be smart, right? They should yeah. be the smart. They should. They should be the smart person. Why aren't yeah. they excelling at the quarterback position if they're so-called smarter than the black quarterback? It's it's absolutely disgusting. Like you got to get over the fact that you know you're. It's not all about white people, man. It's not. 
we're not a superior race. There is no yeah. such thing as a superior race. Yeah. It, just enjoy the time that we have for these players, especially in the game of football. Facts. Football is not a sport in which you can have, you a know, yeah. guaranteed – football is not a sport in which you can have guaranteed success in. Your yeah. career could be over with one hit. Look at Ryan Shazier. Ryan Shazier was in the in the heart of his prime, and he can't play football ever again because of one hit. Yeah. So I'm sick and tired of these people that share the same skin color as me rip into these black quarterbacks and these black players, and the re- and when they don't succeed, oh, he wasn't smart enough. Blah blah blah. Why wasn't he smart enough? How, do you know? Do you know his? Do you know his IQ? Were Were you there when he was taking classes in college? You Do you know every single thing about him when it comes to his knowledge of stuff? You're was, you're, you're, make, you're making an assumption of his intelligence based off the color of his skin. That's called racism. Yeah. If you If you want to be racist, just say you're a racist, so that way we can kick you the fuck off TV. Exactly. I'm sick and tired of seeing the Skip Baylesses, seeing the Nick Wrights, seeing um, even the Stephen A. Smiths, the Nag Dogs. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of seeing them just rip into black quarterbacks. But when white quarterbacks deal with the same shit, or if not worse, they don't get any type of repercussions. They don't get any type of criticism. And, and, and why is it? Why? Why don't they get the same type of criticism as their counterparts that are just of a different skin color? I mean, you know what's crazy, man? We're saying this on this podcast. It's so easy to say, but why can the media say it? It's so damn easy. It's so damn easy. Well, why can't, I, I, don't, I don't get it. It's, 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 it's crazy to me. And, you know, and also – for, for, for so many years, for so many years, people didn't believe in Dante Culpepper. For so oh, many years, people yeah. didn't believe in Steve Young. For so many years, people didn't believe in Donovan McNabb. People didn't believe in Michael Vick. People didn't believe in, like I said, Warren Moon. People didn't believe in um, um, Doug Williams. Yeah. Like it, it's it's fucking stupid. And those are some of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, Lamar it's... Jackson. Lamar Jackson. When he won an MVP, they still ridiculed him. They yeah. said he wasn't a quarterback. Yeah, remember the the you know old ass. If, if if Lamar if Lamar Jackson when when he won MVP had played the position like Tom Brady, they wouldn't have said a fucking thing. Yeah, yeah, you know it's great. Remember Ben, this old ass Bill Polian. Remember he said, "Oh, Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver." Remember that? Yeah, man. Like, I swear it happens. With every single black quarterback that comes out of college, Braxton Miller, when he came out of Ohio State, yeah. they said you need to play wide receiver. Terrell uh, Pryor, remember Terrell Pryor? Uh, Terrell, Terrell Pryor, they said you're not going to make it as a quarterback. You need to play wide receiver. Uh, you know, it, it happens every single. Malik Cunningham, the Patriots tried to turn Malik Cunningham into a running back and a wide receiver. He's you probably would have won a couple more games with his ability to run the ball over Mac Jones and Bailey Zape. I hate to say yeah. it because I love Mac Jones, but Malik Cunningham is a dynamic quarterback. He's electrifying. 
but they didn't give him a shot. Why? I wonder why they didn't give him a shot in New England. Yeah, it's it's Ben. I love how we're you know preaching on this podcast, but it is what it is, man. We can preach all we want, and I love this. I this is why I love it, man. This is why people love about this show. But it is what it is, man. And the media sucks, and it's not. It's for me. It would be not hard to do because I would call it out. You would call it out, but. But, you know, but if, every time when you preach, people will get mad about it. But it is – I wonder why, man. I wonder why. But, anyways, it is what it is. Now, anything to say about this game real quick? Shout out to the Ravens. Good win for them. Um, you know, shout out to Lamar. You know, Odell got a touchdown. Press for him. He still got, he still got hurt, though. Um, I think he's probably out for this week. But, overall, good win for the Ravens, though. Um, they're, honestly, man, let's keep it a beat. They're probably going to win the divi- division because of this injury. But it is what it is, what it is though. Um. We shall see, though. I, I don't know about that because they don't apparently they don't do well without uh, Mark Andrews. But we shall see. But overall, were you impressed with this game overall? Except for Joe Burrow injury, it sucked. But were you impressed with Lamar Jackson's performance? Once and once again, shout out to Kayon Mitchell, K. Mitchell, uh, the East, Eastern Carolina Eastern Carolina kid. Yes. Yeah, um, you know, Ravens played really good football. Uh, Lamar was efficient. You know, Lamar was able to push the ball downfield. OBJ did not score in this game, but he did have a great performance. Four yes, catches, my one sixteen. My yeah. um, it was definitely his best performance of the season. Yes. Uh, by by a large part. Uh, so hopefully he can continue that, especially with the absence of Mark Andrews, because they're going to need somebody to step up. You know, it's going to have to be Zay Flowers or it's going to have to be OBJ, you know, or it's going to have to be Rashad Bateman or, or possibly one of their their young tight ends and Charlie Kohler or Isaiah Likely. Somebody's going to have to step up in the absence of Mark for sure. Um, and especially because, like you mentioned, you know, Mark might not have a chance to come back until the playoffs. So yeah. you're going to miss him for, what, seven weeks? Yeah. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they can continue to to be number one in that division. Um, you know, they are, you know, one of the three best teams in, in all of football this year. So I'd like to see if they can stay at that that uh, that level of, of consistency and play while trying to get healthy. Um, but you know, the Ravens have dealt with this issue for a few years now, man. Like, I, I honestly, I wonder, is it their training staff? Is it their training regiment that's, you know, too tough? Or is their training staff not, you know, taking care of their players enough? Because, like I said, man, it seems like year after year after year, they're the most injury-riddled team in all of football. I'll tell you last why. They're a physical team. Last year, they were, the most, yeah. they were the most injury-riddled team in all of football last yeah. year. And, you know, now this year, you know, they've dealt with injuries all season. Remember to start the year, yeah. Mark Andrews was also out at the beginning of the year a couple of weeks. You know, they were without an O-lineman or two to start yeah. the year. Obviously, J.K. Dobbins went down in, what, week one. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they're, they've been hit with injuries all season long, and it sucks because it's like injuries can really, really Fuck you up. hinder yeah. any type of momentum that, you know, yes. you're starting to build. So, hopefully, you know, hopefully they can continue their, their level of play, man, because I would love to see – Lamar win a Super Bowl, that way people would actually start giving him credit as Facts. not Facts. only a player, oh, but as, as a fucking quarterback. Oh, man, white people would get so mad, but I would love it too. I would love it. I would love it, but yes. 
Um, now, with that being said, um, Steelers, um, uh, Brown. Well, Ben, somebody had to get the blame. I mean, obviously, Matt Canada got fired, and you knew he got fired because Najee, shout out to Bama's running back, Najee Harris. Uh, he complained about the offense, and yeah, he, he got fired. Okay, anyway, so overall, shout out to DCR. He game managed, he, he managed the game really well. Uh, shout out to, you know, bro, the Browns' D was just so good. Uh, it was crazy, Ben. They had Josh Dobbs in their, in their quarterback depth chart. And people forget about that, but he went to Arizona, but it is what it is. Uh, imagine if they had Dobbs, but this would be a great team. But no, but seriously, shout out to Cleveland, good defense. Miles Garrett, once again, proves everybody should be the defensive player of the year. And yeah, man, this is great to see. And as long as DTR can take care of the ball, the Browns can win games, especially with this defense. Your thoughts? Yeah, Miles Garrett should definitely win DPOY this year. Uh, you know, Miles has been one of the best defensive players since the first day he stepped into the NFL. Facts. Um, you know, and, and this year he's having the best season he's ever had. Uh, what, had two more sacks in this game? Yes. Uh, what, does he have like 15 or 16 or some shit like that in the season? Yes. Um, you know, he, he's having an absolutely incredible season. Hold on, I'm going to get his exact sack total right now. Um, 13. He's got 13 sacks on the season. Uh, he'll probably finish the season close to 20, I'm assuming. Mm. He'll probably, I think he finishes with 18 sacks on the year. Okay. Uh, so that's, what, five more sacks uh, in the next six, what, six weeks? Okay. Seven weeks. So, um, yeah, there's there should be absolutely no reason why Miles Garrett's not DPOY. Um, you know, he's a large reason why that defense is as good as it is. Yes. Uh, and it's about time that we finally give Miles Garrett that award. I, I feel like it's always been him and TJ Watt battling for it. So yes. Yes. I'm happy. To, I'm happy to see a new player get it, and I couldn't be happier that it's Miles Garrett. You know who's saving Kevin uh, Stefanski's job, Ben? This is why I got to give Cleveland some credit. Jim Schwartz. He's doing a good job as a defense coordinator. Shout out to Jim Schwartz, man. You're doing a great job. Now, um, Raiders, Dolphins. Dolphins do a great game. Uh, Tyree Kill once again. I mean, Ben. I mean, we talked about it in the podcast. He's gonna he's gonna break that record. It was, it's a damn shame he won't win the MVP because I would have given it to him when he breaks down for more records, man. Um, no, but seriously, shout out to uh, shout out to Jalen Ramsey. He got the uh, winning interception. Uh, but you know what, Ben? Low key, I kind of want to see the Raiders keep Pierce. I like what I'm seeing, man. I mean, I mean, I really am. He's, I mean, it's kind of like that Dan Campbell thing, right? I love the energy. I like what I'm seeing from Pierce. Mm-hmm. I love the energy. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Raiders' feature will be if they can keep Pierce, if they would. But your thoughts, Ben? But shout out to Tua. And Ben, knocking on wood, I'm just so happy that Tua's uh, healthy, man. I'm, I'm being dead ass serious. Yeah, I'm happy Tua's been healthy. Um, you know, he's been able to really showcase his, his – true ability and you know a lot of people still are still going to be skeptics because they're going to be like oh like why wasn't he doing this without Tyreek why wasn't he doing this without Jalen Waddle well before Jalen Waddle and Tyreek got there he had the worst offensive line in football there was a reason that Tua was getting sacked over and over and over again there was a reason why Tua was having those concussions Early in his career, because no shit, right? He was, getting, he, he, he was getting sacked the second he hiked the ball. There was already going to be there was already pressure in his face the second he hiked the ball. Uh, and you know, over the course of his career, they slowly built up the offensive line <coughs> with guys who are actually good at their position. Uh, and they brought in guess what targets for your, the quarterback to throw to. 
if you have no targets for the quarterback to throw to, guess what? You're not going to you're not going to succeed. Yep. When when your best when your best player, your best wide receiver was Robbie Anderson and Devontae and Devontae Parker Devontae and Mike Gesicki, and, and Mike Gesicki, no no disrespect to Gesicki, but you're that's not that's a recipe for failure yeah, with those guys, good. right? Yeah. An absolute recipe for failure. Yeah. And so guess what? They said we need to get him some playmakers to throw the ball to. Yeah. So what do they do? They went and got him a former teammate in Jalen Waddle. Yep. And that that first year with Jalen Waddle, Tua had moments where he started looking really good. And they said, you know what? We need to go get another guy. So they went out and traded for Tyree Kill. And now Tua has been one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire NFL. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it, Josh Allen wasn't shit until Stephon Diggs. Uh-huh. You know, like – and you can even make some people like, like I said, some people like, well, if you take Tyreek and, and Jalen off team, Tua would, would go back to not being shit. Like no shit. Like, <laughs> like you, even the the greatest quarterback of all time and Tom Brady had Randy Moss for two seasons, and they didn't even win a Super Bowl together. Oh, so like, just because you have a great quarterback and great wide receivers for. Your quarterback to throw to doesn't always win. mean yeah. it doesn't always mean it's gonna be the the recipe you need to to win the title. Facts. Like it, it shit just happens, you know. Like Tua could have had Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and not been able to produce. Then that's when you say, okay, yeah, Tua's not as good as 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 people thought he was coming into the NFL. Yeah. Like he's got superstar wide receivers and he's not able to do anything. But he is doing stuff with them, but yet people are still trying to ridicule him because he has them. It, it, it's it's just such a laughable freaking thing that's been going on all season long. I, I Tua was in that conversation with Lamar as like he could win MVP, he could win a Super Bowl, and people are still going to try and nitpick his entire career. Like yeah. Tua Tua could turn into a future Hall of Famer, and the day he is getting inducted into the Hall of Fame and putting on that gold jacket, people would still be like, "Ah, oh, he's not deserving. Ah, oh, he wasn't that good." Yada yada yada. Like people are just gonna find these little reasons to try and negate anything yeah. positive that he does just because of his size. And then people are gonna try and throw that, "Oh, he's injury prone shit" in there, even though there are quarterbacks in this league who have been more injury prone than him, but don't get that same type of well, discussion. When, well, Ben, when you'll be like, oh, did you see that missed throw he did? Well, so did every quarterback. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> yeah, and, and then for, for the Raiders, I definitely hope they, they are able to retain our, our uh, uh, Antonio Pierce. Yes. Uh, like you said, like his energy has been very, very good. You can see that the players love him, especially with him being a former player himself. And defense, uh, yes. Know, yeah, and defense is is super key. Like anytime you can get a defensive minded head coach, I, I've always said I think that's the best way to go. Yes. Um, you know, look, look what Danico Ryan's has done yeah. in his first year. A defensive minded head coach, and he's tearing up the league over in yep. Houston. Um, this Raiders team, you know, they just need to continue building up that offensive front. Yes. Um, they, they still they still are missing, you know, their franchise quarterback. Aiden O'Connell is, is not a, no, no, a, no. 
an, every, an everyday starter at the NFL yeah. level. He's a good backup. Yeah. He's a good guy to come in if your quarterback goes down with an injury or something. But to have Aiden O'Connell as your everyday starter, um, this team will never be able to reach its true potential. But they're, if they're able to keep Antonio Pierce, um, I think that would be the best move the Raiders have made in a very long time. Yes, sir. Now, uh, Lions, Bears, uh, Lions fans, listen, I'm happy about for you guys. Uh, I really am. Uh, but settle down. You beat the Bears um, because it's crazy, Ben. Got through three three interceptions and they still won. Uh, and the Bears are the Bears, man. I feel bad for that fan base because, uh, and I really, really do. They had this game, but uh, but if I'm a Bears fan, who cares? You stuff with top ten picks. Uh, but no, shout out to Jameer Gibbs. Shout out to uh, they have two. They have two top ten picks. That they do, and, they, and hopefully they can nail those picks. You better uh, to make that fan base happy. Um, so you might you might have Marvin Harrison Jr. in that wide receiver core. Imagine. Um, no, but seriously, uh, Ben. Uh, and, uh, shout out to the Lions. Uh, you know, good win for them. Uh, barely winning that game. And, but listen, Goff did what he had to do. Um, he, he did. So, Ben, your thoughts? And uh, finally, I mean, see what happened when they actually used Gibbs right, right? Yeah, you know, it, it took them a while to start really getting Gibbs going. I, I feel like they should still give him more yes. Uh, yes. on the ground. Yes. Uh, I, I feel like I feel like he should be averaging no less than ten carries a game, yes. with four with four more you know catches a game. Yes. Um, you know, I I still question the decision of them drafting Jameer Gibbs when they I did, agree. especially especially after the addition. Like you already had added David Montgomery, and David Montgomery is a very solid running back. You know. He, he would have been a lot better in Chicago had he if he had a run, if he had an offensive line to run behind. Ben, imagine or, Jalen Carter at eight hundred. I like Jalen, bro. Carter, I just that's not bad at all. I would have went that way. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a big win. Shout out to my boy uh, Jamison Williams. Got his yes, first touchdown of the season. So um, you know, I feel like they should have beat the the dog crap out of the Bears. Uh, you know, the the Bears put themselves in a in a position to almost win that game, uh, but the Lions came out victorious. They continue, you know, what has been a tremendous season. They're what eight and two on the year. Yeah. Um, I've I've never seen the the Lions eight and two in my lifetime. So it, <laughs> it's cool to see them, you know, yes. playing to a level like this. Yes. 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 Now. Oh, man, I can't wait to talk about this because this was a Calvin really game. Let's go, Calvin. As long as he's not betting Ben, I'm just happy for him right now uh, for this game right here. Calvin Ridley, was, this was an Alabama game. Calvin Ridley, a uh, good game for him. And, well, Ben, Eric Henry, get the fuck out of the, that team, man. Uh, I, 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 you know what's crazy, Ben? I love their D-line. First of all, shout out to Justin Simmons. See, I love that D-line. But, my goodness, man, uh, I'm Justin Simmons and, and Harold Landry. Listen, man, I want to support my guy, their GM. I mean, he's a black man. He came from San Francisco. I think he's going to do well over there. But my God, Ben, it's just like, you know, like they have Derrick Henry. But my God, man, he's going to be wasted over there. I, I feel bad for him. But, Ben, praise your guy, Kevin Ridley. I'm happy that he's doing this because uh, he had a one-year off because of betting. But I'm happy that he's performing like this. Right, Ben, especially you're a Bama fan. You have to be happy for Kevin Ridley, especially for this game. And I don't know if you have him for fantasy. Um, you maybe don't. Maybe who knows? I, I don't know. Because I, because apparently you love collecting Alabama players in your fantasy, which I don't blame <laughs> you. I, I would, too, if I was a fan of them. But, no, but seriously, your thoughts and shout-out to Kevin Ridley once again. 
Yeah, Derrick Henry. Um, I wish he had gotten traded at the deadline. I agree. Uh, you know, for for him to st- be staying in, in Tennessee with this atrocious coaching staff, uh, especially the offensive coordinator. Oh yeah. Um, you know, ter- terrible offensive line. Oh, all yeah. the issues at quarterback. Um, the defense hasn't been as good as it was the last two years. Oh, their secondary uh, sucks. It's just it, it, it's been an absolute you know, downfall for the Tennessee Titans. Um, and, and so I was hoping that Derrick Henry would have gone to an organization that was competing. You know, I wish he would have gone to an offense that would actually utilize Derrick Henry to his strengths and his strengths being he needs more than 15 carries a game. Uh, they gave him the ball 10 carries this game against That's the Jaguars defense. Um, you know, Derrick Henry doesn't even start get, get Derrick Henry doesn't even start to really get going until his 15th carry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, over to Calvin Ridley, man. I'm not gonna praise him too much just because of how poorly he's played throughout the whole season. Yeah. This is what his his I think it's only his second 100 yard game of the year. Um, it is his best performance, but hopefully. Yes. He can build off of this, you know. Hopefully, he's, you know, he said he he looks at himself and he says, like, damn, I, I really can do this shit. And he, he just has to do it on a more consistent basis because, you know, he was talked about being their their number one receiver. That way, Christian Kirk could slide into the slot. It would make things so much easier on Trevor Lawrence. And I think some of the issues that Trevor Lawrence has had this year, I think the reasons why a lot of people have called him a game manager this year is because Calvin hasn't been able to show up on a nightly basis. Yeah. Uh, and, and when, you know, you're you're paying a guy like Calvin Ridley the money that you're paying him, and he's playing worse than Christian Kirk, and he's playing worse than Evan Ingram, and he's playing worse than Zay Jones and stuff, um, you know, you, you questioned it. But then he has a game like this, and you're like, oh, like, you know, yeah, he's got talent. He's got talent. But – Calvin's just got to be able to do this on a nightly basis um, because if he is, uh, he, he makes that Jaguars team uh, a very, very legitimate threat uh, to everybody in the NFL. And Ben, why is the hell are there Will Levis fans arguing with our guy Andrew Drow Jones? What the fuck, man? Those Will Levis Yeah, fans. so like, so Will, Will Levis, like, before he threw those two touchdowns, uh, what in the third and fourth quarter? Yes. He was playing. Time. He was playing absolute terrible, right? You know, there there was a point in the game. Like I said, I think they didn't score that first touchdown nope. in the third until late in the third. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Uh, yeah, and so the Jaguars defense had already loosened up. You know, they're playing loose coverage. They're letting Tennessee pick up big plays. Um, and like you said, Will Levis, you know, people were like, well, he was 13 and 17 with two touchdowns. Like, how, how, how dare you say that's a bad game? He, he was non existent for the first two and a half quarters of the game when the Jaguars were already up, what, like 28 to zero. So, man, did you see that DeAndre Hopkins? 27 to zero. Did you see that DeAndre Hopkins throw? My goodness, it was so great. Like, but yeah, um, you know what I mean? If Tennessee Titans fans, they want to believe in Mayo Boy, I'm going to let them. You know, if you want to believe in Will Levis, that he's your savior, go for it, man. Um, and, and two years when you're drafting a new quarterback, don't come back to guys like Andrew and myself and yourself and be like, oh, shit, maybe maybe you guys are actually right. Maybe Will Levis wasn't as good as we thought he was. 
so when, when Will Levis is is working for for a mayonnaise company in a couple <laughs> years, don't don't come to the people who try telling you beforehand. Just like some of us tried telling people with Zach Wilson that Zach Wilson wasn't an NFL quarterback. Oh, don't, man, don't come, to, don't come to us. Don't come to us years down the road when we were trying to tell you on draft night that these dudes just weren't going to work out at this at this level. Yeah, man, man, I wish we were going back to those years now. I mean, imagine we had podcasts during those drafts. Lord have mercy. All right, but anyways, with that being said, well, speaking of a coach that got mad, and he, I mean, why, why would he get mad? Because, okay, Chargers and Packers, here's my thing, Ben. I feel bad for Big Baby. It is what it is. God bless those Charger fans, and, and you know, and shout out to Keenan Allen. He's having a good, man, he had a great game. Uh, Quentin Johnson, God damn it, catch the damn ball. Um, but then, no, oh, Ben, to me, the Chargers should have won this game, man. All you have to do was stop the Packers one more time. But it's been happening all this year with Brandon fucking Staley. It happened against the Jaguars in the playoffs. They blow that lead. They should have fired They should have fired them after that game. And, Ben, it is what it is, man. It's obviously Brandon Staley. It's so bad. They lost to a Packers team. I mean, you know what's crazy, Ben? You know, Packers, they lose to the Falcons, the Arthur Smith Falcons. And then they meet a Chargers team. Uh, what the fuck, NFL? But anyways, Ben, shout out to Jalen Reed. Shout out to Romeo Dubs. Good game for him. And once again, shout out to your good boy, Kenny Allen, because he's so fucking great, isn't he, Ben? Yeah, people, you know, people going into the season, um, I was having conversations with people of, like, who are who are still some of the best wide receivers in the NFL, and nobody was listening to Keenan Allen. That's crazy. People, people. I had I had conversations with people that said Keenan Allen was a washed up version of himself. <laughs> that Keenan, that Keenan, that Keenan Allen would not be able to bounce back from his injury. Um, you know, people were saying that you know he, he had lost a step. Guess what? Keenan Allen was never a fast guy. Never. Keenan Allen relied on his hands, his body positioning, and his route running ability to, to separate. Um, Keenan Allen, still to this day, at what, 32 years old, is probably still the best route runner in the NFL, or at least top five, and he's top five and, and best hands in the NFL as well. Um, you know, he's he's only, he's honestly been the re- only bright spot and consistent player on a nightly basis on this entire Chargers team. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm happy to see Keenan Allen still ball out. You know, um, Keenan Allen's going to go down as a future Hall of Famer. By the way, he's 31 uh, years old, Ben. 31 years old? That's not bad. Yeah, you know, Keenan probably still has another good two to three years left yeah, in him, uh, yeah. before, he decide, before he decides to hang it up. I'm sure over the course of the next two to three years, he'll probably still be a 1,000-yard receiver. Yeah, of course. Um, it, it, it was just super funny to, to see people try to ridicule a future Hall of Famer in Keenan Allen, who had, you know, despite his injury, was still producing a lot of t- a lot of yards year in and year out. Yeah, um, yeah. But for Brandon Staley, much like Ron Rivera, they're on the hot seat. You know, yeah. they they should have, you know, like we're firing all these offensive coordinators, you know, at, at the off and these defensive coordinators at both the college and NFL level in the middle of seasons, why aren't we firing some of these head coaches? You know, like Brandon Staley has been a disappointment since the second he stepped into uh, the Chargers organization. Ron Rivera has been a 
massive disappointment. Yes. And uh, and the commanders organization, like when we got rid of um, Jay the coach, we had yeah. yeah Jay Gruden. When we got rid of Jay Gruden and got Ron Rivera, we were all elated. You know, we yeah. we said, oh dude, look, we got a head coach who's been to the Super Bowl. Look, we got a head coach who's a defensive minded guy who who had that Carolina defense, despite it not having, you know, super talented players everywhere. They were one of the best defenses in football on that run to that, to that Super Bowl. Um, You know, they were one of the best offenses in football with Cam Newton, despite him not having any real talent to throw the ball to. And so we were super high on Ron and, you know, he's been an absolute disappointment uh, Brandon Staley has been an absolute disappointment. Um, and they both of them should, should honestly be fired already. So that, way, so that way you can go ahead and start making the appropriate changes that you need to make going into the, to the next year. Like you want to go ahead and just cut ties with that because he's obviously shown you that he's in, he's incapable of closing out games. He's incapable of, of calling up the, the, the proper plays in late game situations when the game is on the line. And we, we want to hate on Justin Herbert so much. And he does deserve some blame because late late in game situations when he's down, that's when Justin Herbert, you know, doesn't perform at his best. But you know, he's having to take the play calls, guess what, from Brandon Staley. So Brandon deserves just as much credit for the Chargers not being able to close games uh, just as much as they try to blame Justin Herbert. But um, big win for the Packers. You know, Jordan Love played his best game of his career. I'm sure their fan base and their organization is extremely happy to see, you know, the performance that he was able to do. Uh, sucks for them that they lost Aaron Jones. Uh, you know, he's he went down with, what, his second injury of the year. Um, but – Hopefully, you know, for the Packers' sake and that fan base, you know, this is something that they can build off of. But I'm glad you mentioned Jaden Reed because he was he, he was what a third round selection out of yeah, Michigan State. Yeah, yeah. And and he he's been their best receiver. You know, people thought it was going to be Romeo Dubs. People thought it was going to be Christian Watson. No, it's been it's been Jaden Reed. Shout out our boy Kev uh, for having a Michigan State Spartan uh, for him that, to be able to cheer for. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, Cardinals and Texas, Ben, we're going to follow the Cardinals very carefully. I, I, I really do got to apologize to them because, you know, I thought they were stupid, but you know what? They hired the right guy. See, me and you, Ben, we're defensive guys, and we love defensive guys. And I was wrong about Gannon, and you know what? The Cardinals, to me, I think they're going to be like the Houston Texans next year. Now, I don't know if they're going to keep Kyler Murray, but um, if they do, that'll be, I'll be great because I think they're going to play well, Ben. Um, it depends who they drop in the first round. I'm going to follow up with this team, man. I really am because this team could be special uh, for years to come, depending on what they do in the draft and obviously what they do in, um, you know, in free agency. But, you know, shout out to C.D. Stroud. Uh, once again, it was ugly, but at the end of the day, a win is a win. Right, Ben? And But, hey, Kyle almost won them the game, though. But, hey, the better team won, and that's okay. Right, Ben? Because if I'm a Cardinals fan, be happy because their future is going to be bright with Gannon and – uh, you know, they play hard and they don't quit, man. I mean, we thought people thought they were going to be, you know, um, you know, having they, people thought they were going to have the worst workers, but they, they don't, but, but they won't because they, they're playing hard. And if you're a Cardinals fan, uh, Ben, they should be happy. 
they should be happy about the future. I'm being dead serious. Yeah, if you're a Cardinals fan, you should be extremely happy. Um, you know, I think all of us, I think we all discredited uh, that Cardinals selection with their yes. head coach. You know, yes. a lot of us said, you know, he, he's inexperienced. Yep. This, that, and the third. He doesn't even look like a head coach. Um, you know, like we made fun of um, some of the stuff he did when he got to that Cardinals organization in the offseason. Like we were making fun of some of the videos that were coming out with him. Like we were calling him goofy and all this, that, and the third. Uh, and he's had this Arizona team, like you said, play tremendous defense, you know. Yeah, they're, they've only won two games on the year, but they've been in pretty much every single game all all this season. Um, I do think that they continue going forward with Kyler Murray. Right. Um, he's look, you know he's looked good these two games that he's been back from injury. Yep. He just has to stay. He just has to stay injury free. Yes. Um, you know, he, he plays a brand of football that puts himself in a lot of positions to get hit, um, and with his size getting hit by some of the by these bigger players, it, it's definitely going to leave an impact. And, and we've seen that impact because Kyler's had some injuries for sure. But Kyler, when he's locked in, he's a very good player. But Kyler has to buy into wanting to be a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, for for, for C.J. Stroud, it, like you said, it was not pretty whatsoever. He was, what, one of three quarterbacks to throw three interceptions this game? Yeah, yeah. normally but, you lose that. But, yeah. Yeah, but much like Jared Goff, they found a way to, to still win the football game. Yes, yes. Um, CJ Stroud's been phenomenal. Devin Singletary has had two back to back 100 plus yard games. He's been terrific. Um, and the, 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 the big bright spot for this team is outside of CJ Stroud has to be the wide receiver they selected in the third round. Yes, sir. Let's go. And a guy named Tank Dell. Tank Dell was the ninth wide receiver taken in the draft last year. There were eight wide receivers taken above him, but yet he's, he has the second most touchdowns of any rookie wide receiver, and he's third in reception yards of any wide receiver. How the hell did was there eight other wide receivers taken ahead of him? Obviously, I'll give you, like, Jordan Addison, yeah. and I'll give you Zay Flowers and all yeah. this, that, but, like – Rasheed Rice, I love Rasheed Rice, but Rasheed Rice was never better than Tank Dell. Hell no. Hell no. Um, Jaden Reed has had a great rookie season so far, so I'm not going to, you know, rip into him too much. But guess guess what? Jaden Reed was taken right before – was like the wide receiver taken right before Tank Dell. Tank Dell had a way better collegiate career than than Jaden Reed did. Um, Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo was nowhere close to Hell his talents no. as Tank Dell coming out of Ole Miss. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to see Tank Dell ball out. Uh, I knew Tank Dell was going to be a stud at the NFL level. He was way too, way too good of a route runner. His hands are way too, uh, way too talented. Um, and I, I just love watching this Tank Dell CJ Stroud connection. Yes, yes. Um, I'm not gonna give this team too credit, even though of course this this fan fan base uh, gets it gets you know they get too happy when they be a bad team, and we know we we know when we see a bad team, and I feel bad for this team because I feel bad for the quarterback, but it is what it is, and you know what I'm talking about. It's it's Bryce Young, man. 
um, in, in the Panthers. And I, I hope Frank Wright gets fired. And but you know what? Shout out to David Tepper, their owner, because he cares about winning. And there's a reason why Colts fans don't miss Frank Wright, man. He's bad. Um, you know, I do like the running back, don't get me wrong. But, which, by the way, you know, you know, somebody that we know says they're, I, I guess, uh, the Chiefs receivers are way worse than the Panther receiver. That's, the, uh, you, you know, okay, to be continued. Anyways, man, um, listen, man, first of all, shout out to that defensive player for the Cowboys, by the way. His last name is, I believe, is Bland, right? Bland is something Bland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Deron Bland. Uh, he went to, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, the school he went to was Fresno State, just to let everybody know, and he's 24 years old. So, shout out to Bland. No, but seriously, Ben, I feel bad for Bryce Young, man. I mean, you know, it. it's – I want to be so sad because I do want to see him be successful, right? Um, I was just, I was just say this. The Panthers have the right staff. They don't have the right offensive, offensive guy to do it. Um, they don't. Um, I like their defensive coordinator. He came from Denver last year, and Denver had a good defense with with, with that defensive coordinator, Ben. But his, his last name is Evero, just to let you know. But anyways, uh, Ben, um, your thoughts. And I'm feeling sad for Bryce Young because we knew this shit was going to happen, and that's what the Panthers get for trading DJ Moore. And I'm just all upset, man, Ben, but you get the idea. Um, I just hope to God the Panthers hire the right head coach for Bryce Young and be aggressive and get him receivers because if he and obviously help Bryce Young with that online because Ben, I'll make Panther fans happy with this. At least they're in the NFC South, and if they can get the right players for Bryce Young, they can, you know, they can they can you know make us happy and they can possibly win the division next next year if they get the right players for receivers. But but Ben, what can you tell? Really, um, what I mean, go ahead, Ben. I want to be, I want to cry for Bryce. Young. I do, I want to hug the guy because I felt bad for the guy, but <laughs> we, we knew this shit was going to happen, Ben, because when they traded DJ Moore, seriously, even you knew it. Yeah, the second, the second, uh, I was, we heard that the Panthers were going to trade the pick, uh, with the Bears. I was like, okay, you know, that sounds good. Um, you know, and then the trade came out that they also that they had that they gave up DJ Moore, and immediately, I think a lot of us knew, um, outside of the, the Panthers fan base, I think a lot of us knew like, yeah, whoever goes there is going to fucking fail. Whether it was CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Bryce, Will Levis, um, you know, Hendon Hooker, it didn't matter who went to Carolina; they're going to fail. Um, you know, they they had a receiving core that had nobody who has played at a consistent level outside, you know, outside of Adam Thielen. But even the addition to Adam Thielen, he was, he's what, 34, 35 years old. Yes. And, you you know, going into this year, you know me, I hated Adam Thielen with a passion. Yeah, you did. I never gave, I never gave Adam Thielen an ounce of credit up until this year. Um, you know, because if they didn't get Adam Thielen, there were Steven course right. without him. If they didn't have Adam Thielen, Bryce Young might not might might not have thrown for a thousand yards. I agree. Um, you know, like Lavishka Chenault is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not gonna hate on Mingo too much just because he's a he's a rookie. He's a rookie. But yeah. then like, but then Terrence Marshall. You drafted Terrence Marshall three years ago. Terrence Marshall has been an absolute flop. 
Um, your defense, your defense isn't that good. You have players throughout your defense, but your yeah. defense is not that good. Um, you know, but they they have a lot of work to do. I don't think that they fire Frank Wright after one year. I mm. think they're going to give him another. I think they're going to give him another year or two to to try and build around Bryce. Um, even though, you know, even though Jay Glazer, the reporter, you know, he's a real source. He said David Tepper, the owner, is very angry. And you know he's hearing Frank Reich is. But like, why, why, why would he, why would he be angry? Like you haven't been relevant since you had Cam Newton, yeah. since Cam Newton won the MVP. You're right. Like you're right. we we don't expect anything to come out of Carolina. So like, why would you give up on a guy after one year? I get it. He's you know he hasn't been able to do much this year, but like he he can only do so much with the the little bit of talent that they have on that team. Like. They can't get anything going offensively because they have the worst line in football. Yeah, like they can't get anything going offensively because Chuba Hubbard and Miles Sanders have not been able to produce because of the lackluster all line. Yeah, you know, they, they're not able to get anything going offensively because the only wide receiver who shows up on a weekly basis is thirty-five-year-old Adam Thielen. Yeah, you know, so they they have so much more work to do. I, I hope they figure it out for Bryce's sake. You know, Bryce is potentially the greatest Alabama quarterback ever. Facts. Uh, you know, and he has the potential to be something special at the NFL level. But much like we were talking about Tua and Josh Allen earlier, if you don't give him a playmaker to, to throw the ball to, then you're setting him up for absolute failure. So I, I hope that Carolina is able to, to really maximize their selections in the draft this year. I hope they make smart decisions in free agency because they're they're still, I think, generally a, a good two years away from actually yes. being, you know, something that's something that resembles a competitive football team. At least they have a chance because they're in the NFC South. And also, Ben, can you do me a favor? Can you please go kidnap him and put him in the Washington quarterback uh, uniform? And yeah, I'm sure you go, you'll go to every commander game. But but game. like but like even even then, like he would have the weapons. I, like, he would be playing 10 times better in Washington, right? But he would still be falling under the same stuff that Sam Howell is going through, getting That's sacked true. a crap ton. That's true. That's like, true. That's true. He, like, we still have we still have just as bad of an issue with our offensive line as Carolina oh, does. Man. Like, the only, the only offensive line that might be worse than ours is Carolina. So, he would still have the issue with, yeah. you know, having a crap ton of pressure in his face, but at least – he would have playmakers all Back. around him, and Terry and Jahan and Curtis and B. Rob and Gibson and, and them. But well, yeah, the Panthers are are still good. I say two years away from being a competitive football team if they draft well and if they spend money the right way in free agency. Good luck with that one. They don't even have a first round pick this year, so good luck with that, Panthers. All right, well, uh, anyways. Uh, well, speaking of oh, Ben, uh, you got to preach about your team and you know commander. I don't even. I, I honestly don't even want to talk about this I game. Know you do. I, know I, know do. I know you don't, but we have to um, because it's 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 you know Tommy DeVito, uh, the Italian boy, man. I mean, the, you know Twitter was was calling him the Sopranos apparently, but you know, hey, <laughs> every Magic Johnson, Ben, um, fit it out. Wow, my Washington Commanders, um, you know, turn. The ball over six times today and gave the Giants 24 points off turnovers. We lost 31 19. And you know, somebody tweeted out, somebody said, um, Fox Pelini. I, I don't know, I don't know that person, but you know what he's 
tweet, uh, tweeted Magic. Oh my God, Magic! I recorded the game to watch later. Laugh out loud. So, anyways, Ben, even Magic Johnson had to say that. So, my, so Ben, that was an. I mean, the Giants fans, uh, they're they're talking this shit because at this point they own the Commanders as we speak, and they 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 do they do for, for right now. Um, Ben, my heart is broken for you and Jamie and Tariq because. You know, just man, Josh Harris, you know, he's known for tanking in Philadelphia. He does not give a fuck. I just hope they hired the right coach for you guys. Hopefully it's beyond me. But, Ben, go for it. Uh, you're the realest Commander fan that I know. Go for it. I mean, this was a terrible loss, especially losing to an Italian quarterback. What the fuck, Ben? What the fuck? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, it was a, I was surprised that we got seven or nine sacks. Um, in this game, but you know, it's, it's also not like something, I mean, it's, it's extremely impressive, but it's also not because we all know this Giants offensive line is absolute garbage. Right. Um, and you know, it was impressive to see us get nine sacks outside of having Montez and chase. Right. So it was cool. You know, like we were playing a brand of football that was, you know, supposed to be conducive to winning. Um, you know, defense was trying to do every single thing that they could to, to win us this football game. But unfortunately, on the offensive side of the ball, we just kept giving it back to the Giants. Um, you know, Sam Howell, you know, you know, how people love to say like, oh, like, oh, he had two or three interceptions, but two of them wasn't his fault. All three of these interceptions were Sam Howell's fault. It was. It all was. three of them, all three of them were ill-advised throws. All three of them were in tight coverage with multiple defenders in the same area. Um, and then the fumble is like we had three interceptions and three fumbles. Like so, like when Sam Howell wasn't throwing a pick, you know, when when we ran the ball or, or you know a couple of receivers caught the ball, we were just coughing it back up. And um, I believe we were the we're the first team in like 35 years that had nine sacks in a game but lost the football game. That's crazy. Um, what the fuck? And that's just like insanely disappointing. And the fact that we lost this football game and the fact that Ron Rivera still somehow has a job, even though we're what four and six. Yeah. Um, you, you know, it, four and seven. Sorry, even worse. You know, this is the absolute worst. Ron Rivera has ever been in his tenure in Washington, but yet somehow still is able to go into our building uh, and, and be the head coach to what looks like close this season up. Like, go ahead and give it to Eric ben, Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy, when you signed him, you gave him some head coaching responsibilities. So what's the difference? You already gave him head coaching responsibilities. Get rid of Ron Rivera and let EB take over and see what it is that he can do. Maybe if you fire Ron and EB takes over, who knows? You might see a cultural shift like you saw with the Raiders with Antonio Pierce's first two games. You know, the players might go out and play harder. Um, it's so disappointing. Um, you know, I don't believe in Sam Howe whatsoever. And, you know, some people like to tell me, but Ben, like, you know, he, he, he's doing so well in all these, in all these metrics as, as a passer. He's – you know, top three in passing yards, and, you know, he's got these touchdowns and his his accuracy. He's also, like, top three in interceptions, right? So for all the yards that he's getting, 
he's negating a lot of that by turning the ball over at a high clip. Um, you know, and, and maybe, you know, next year if Sam gets the job again as a starter, you know, maybe he progresses to being a, a, a bit better quarterback with more experience. But I don't see Sam Howell being our franchise guy. Um, you know, I, I've been seeing within the Washington community that they believe and trust in Sam and they've been crowning him our franchise quarterback <laughs> for the future. And, and Jamie and I have had these conversations. Neither one of us believe in him. Neither one of us believe in him. And maybe it has to do with us being Duke fans and he's a right. Tar Heel. Right. Maybe it has something to do with that, that we don't want a Tar Heel being our quarterback. But yeah. for, for me, like, I can look past that after some point, especially when you're not playing for that university anymore. Um, I just don't see the talent. I don't. Like, you know, he was supposed to be, you know, better than Alex Smith, but yet he's playing worse than him. He's supposed to be better than Tara Heineke, but he's playing at the same level as him. Obviously, he's getting more yards and he's able to push the ball further down the field than Heineke. But we're honestly – we have a worse record with Sam than we did with Taylor. And I hated Taylor. Um, you know, I, I don't see Sam Howe being our franchise quarterback. Um, you know, like somehow Terry McLaurin is – you know, Terry McLaurin has played with so many quarterbacks and still found a way to be a thousand yard receiver. Terry's about to, to end that streak of four consecutive years of being a thousand yard receiver. Like your best receipt, like like Sam doesn't have a connection with either Terry or Jahan. And it's so the connection is so bad that you have people within the the organization of fans that want Jahan traded. There are people who want Terry traded. And it, it's 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 crazy to me. Like Terry has been was a thousand yard receiver with terrible quarterbacks. And he's on pace to not be one this year, but you want to ridicule Terry but not ridicule the person who's supposed to be throwing the ball to him. And then the same thing with Jahan Dotson. People are like, oh like Jahan Dotson was supposed to be a Breakout star for us this year. Well, he was a terrible round selection. Y'all weren't saying that last year when he was yeah. a rookie. Yeah. Um, and, and one thing that's funny is like these people act like they've never heard of a sophomore slump. Exactly. Like, like the second year throughout a lot throughout majority of sports, the second year is honestly the hardest. Like they're you can literally go back and look throughout the history of sports of people in their second year and their second year is usually the worst of their entire career. Like a sophomore, people try to say a sophomore slump is not a real thing, but it 100% is a real thing. I expect Jahan Dotson to be a lot better next year, you know, after having a, a, another off season with Sam, um, you know, but if, if Sam doesn't figure it out by next year, I will have lost complete faith in his ability to be a quarterback at the NFL level. Yep, and Ben, you always keep your role with quarterbacks, and you know who the real ones are. But, hey, I mean, people got to listen to you because some people that I know, listen, I love Jamie Bush. He wanted Taylor Holland to get back. I don't know that. that I don't know this. That, I, Jamie, I love you, but that doesn't make a difference in Washington. 
Uh, especially Ben did not want to see Taylor Hunnick again. Uh, backup wise, that's not bad. But starting quarterback wise, yeah. Anyways, um, with that being said, um, Bucks and Niners, um, not surprising. This is what happens, Ben, when the Niners are fully healthy. Uh, prayers for Ofanga, it sucks, but Jair Brown, it, listen, listen, man, next man up. Jair Brown uh, went to Penn State. He was really good. Uh, we're going to activate Sammy Womack this week, I believe, tomorrow. We'll find out if Robert Bill Jr. is being activated tomorrow with the uh, pass rush for Georgia. But good win. And Brock Purdy keeps breaking records, Ben. I'm just so happy for the kids. Seventh rounder, you told me about him. I can't believe it. Um, uh, I'm just happy that we don't have Jimmy G anymore. Uh, as long as this Niners offense stays healthy, and they're going to be a problem in the playoffs, Ben. Yeah, um, yeah, great win by you guys. You know, seeing you guys healthy, um, having to play you guys as a fully healthy team is something very scary. Um, you know, Brandon Ayuk has had a great year, probably his best career year. Um, George Kittle has been very good for you guys for the last four weeks. Um, and now you guys got Debo back. Um, you know, Christian McCaffrey restarts his uh, – his touchdown record. Yes, sir. Obviously, obviously he ended it last year yeah. in what seventeen consecutive games with a touchdown. Yeah. So now you know he's back at one game. So hopefully next week it can be two games and then so Should on be. and so on. Um, Chase Young, you know, in two games with you guys has recorded a sack and a half now. So that's that's obviously got the great game winning sack. Yep. Um, but I, I don't want to talk about this too much because. Um, obviously, you guys are the much better team, and everyone should have expected right, you guys right. to beat them. But um, the last thing I want to say is is on Brock Purdy is yes, um, you know, perfect perfect QBR right or perfect passer rating right of one fifty eight point three. And some for some stupid reason, you, you had people in the media wanting to downplay his achievement. Oh, Nick Wright, right. keep going. It's yep. it's, 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 it's extremely hard to have a perfect passer rating. If, yeah. if a perfect passer rating was an easy thing to do, you would see people do it on a more consistent basis, but it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to be highly efficient uh, at the NFL level, especially for a guy. I mean, he shouldn't have been Mr. Irrelevant. He should have been no, no worse than a third or fourth round pick. Facts. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, like Nick Wright, like when Nick Wright makes the comments that he does, especially about Brock Brock Purdy, he, he wouldn't be making these comments if it was Jared Goff. He wouldn't be making these comments if it was Patrick Mahomes. He wouldn't be making these comments if it was Josh Allen. He wouldn't be making these comments if it was Stafford. Uh, but for some unknown reason, a guy who never played the game of football mm. – continues to hate on a guy who was Mr. Irrelevant, beat out a former first round, beat out two former first round picks in Trey Lance and Sam Darnold for the starting spot and is playing at a level that neither one of those quarterbacks will ever achieve a day in their life. Mm. Brock Purdy, like we should be, we should be celebrating what it is that Brock Purdy is doing because like it's, even though I believe Brock should have never been Mr. Irrelevant. The fact that he is Mr. Irrelevant or was Mr. Irrelevant and is doing the stuff that he's doing, well, we might not ever see that again. So, no. like, 
why not celebrate the achievement while it's happening than trying to find ways to, to rip the player apart? It, it makes absolutely no sense, and, and especially when you're a person who never played a down of football in a day in your fucking life. But he's like, like he's like, well, Ben, like, well, ben put, he, he said, put Baker Mayfield on the Niners. He put Brock Purdy in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay will be in Killer, Killer Williams, we think. And Baker Bro, Mayfield Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield went to the Rams last year and had arguably the best receiver in football. Mm. And it was terrible. He mm. had Cooper Cup and he, and he couldn't fucking hit him. Like, <laughs> he, Baker Mayfield has Chris Godwin and Mike Evans right now, and they're four and six. Yeah, but you like, think putting yeah. you think putting him on the 49ers is, is gonna would make him a better quarterback than Brock Purdy? No, no. <laughs> Baker Mayfield is in the best position he's ever been in his yeah. NFL career, yeah. and he's having he's having one of the worst seasons he's had in the National Football League. But yet, you think. If you put him on the Niners, he'd be able to execute the exact same way. That no, he's Mark. like, they're a Super Bowl team. They're a Super Bowl Get team. the hell out of here. And then another thing, the last thing I'll say about this yeah. on Brock Purdy is, um, you know, people try to, to hold Brock Purdy to uh, that standard when you guys lost that, those three games. I've heard people like, oh, if Brock Purdy was so good, how come he disappeared uh, during that three-game three, three stretch when they lost three games in a row? Can can players not have a bad stretch in the National Football League? I guess not. You think, I guess not. You think you think you think Tom Brady was perfect for 16 weeks of the season, year in year out? You think Aaron Rodgers has never had a bad game? You think Joe Montana has never had a bad game? Like you think some of the the greatest players that ever do it have, have never had a bad game? On on that show that Nick Wright is on, uh, I forget the gentleman who said it, but. He, he, he made the perfect example of why you shouldn't be hating on Brock Purdy. Chris Broussard. You guys have had, Chris Broussard, thank you. Uh, you guys have had historically two of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game in Joe Montana and Steve Young. Yeah. Joe Montana played with the greatest wide receiver to ever exist yeah. in Jerry Rice. Steve Young played with Jerry Rice and Terrell Owens. Neither one of them had a perfect passer rating a day in their fucking life. With generational wide receivers, mm. two Hall of Fame, two Hall of Fame wide receivers, never once had, never once had a perfect pass rate. Brock Purdy is in his second year of the National Football League as Mister Irrelevant, and he just had a perfect pass rating. But yet, you want to sit here and criticize his achievement? Man, get the fuck out of here! This is why no one likes you. And listen, I'm just enjoying this moment. Uh, listen, by the way, Dave Lombardi, I respect you as an Iron reporter, but. Birdie's not in the MVP competition. Yes, I like I like what he's doing, but let's calm let's calm the fuck down. All right, I like what he's doing. I'm just enjoying this moment. That's all, Ben. All right, now, Jets and Bills, Ben. I'm getting ready to cry for destination. Salah, uh, listen, I love you as a defensive minded coach, man. Um, it's it's Ben. I knew this shit was gonna happen because why did they hire Nathaniel Hackett? We knew he sucks, right? But. But they did it because of Aaron Rodgers. But unfortunately, Rodgers got hurt. Right? It is what it is. Um, you know, I'm not, we, we're not surprised they lost to Buffalo. But Ben, are you ready to say? And I really feel bad for Andy Jones because we respect this defense. It's going to get wasted. Um, they chose the wrong guy. Obviously, listen, having Zach Wilson ha- with play calling, uh, you know, Hackett calling to plays with Zach Wilson, it's terrible, man. Um, 
you know, it is what it is, man. And now they named their quarterback Tim Boyle. It doesn't make a difference. Their backup quarterback is Trevor Simeon. It does. I think Trevor's better than Tim Boyle, but it is what it is, man. Um, I feel bad for Jets Nation. It is what it is. Uh, shout out to, to Josh Allen uh, and the Bills. They no surprising that they beat Zach Wilson in the Jets. And uh, Ben, Jets fans, just, 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 uh, they're unhappy because they don't even have a first round pick. If they had a first round pick, it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped a quarterback. Because Ben, lo and behold, three years later, three years ago, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Field. We'll see if the Bears keep him. I doubt it. I think he'll probably go to another team, but we shall see. But Ben, one of those three quarterbacks, Lord have mercy. And Ben, you were you were right about Zach. You were right about Zach Wilson. People thought you were hating on him, but it is what it is. So people should trust you on your on your quarterbacks, Ben. But Ben, your thoughts and. I'm sad for Salah. Are you? I mean, you love Salah. You love his passion. You know, you love his passion. But Ben, this defense is going to get wasted, and it's because of that quarterback position, Ben. And you know, Ro- listen, Rogers. I know you want to come back. I know you're still. You want to be Superman, but I don't want you to come back because of that Jets O line, Ben. Jets O line. Uh, but anyways, go ahead, Ben. The floor is yours. And I'm really, I'm really feel bad for Jets Nation and to our guard Andrew Gerald Jones. I feel bad for Andrew. I don't feel bad for the rest of Jets Nation. Um, I don't. You know, on draft night when they got Zach Wilson, we had to hear Jets Nation talk about, we got our guy. We got our guy. Oh, like we got the best quarterback in the draft. We got our guy. I can't believe you felt Oh, us. our guy Bryce. Our guy Bryce? Bryce? Yeah, like, oh, my God, Zach Wilson. Oh, my God, Zach Wilson. Like, dog. Before Zach Wilson, nobody can name a single successful quarterback that ever came out of BYU. Yeah. Ever. So, like, why did we think – Except like, for Steve Young. We, we hold, yeah. yeah. Okay, but Steve, Steve Young played in the fucking 90s, dog. Yeah. Right? yeah I know, I know, so, I they haven't had a guy in over 20 years, right? Yeah, so, true, yeah. Um, you know, like, we had to hear for, for, for weeks and weeks and weeks – Leading up to the season, that oh Zach Wilson, he's he's that dude, man. He's he's got that charisma, man. Charisma he's edge. You know, he's he's got that toughness, man. He's a he, he's he's super smart. He loves the game, man. Zach Wilson fucking sucks. And, and Ben, he loves he loves I'm his so, mom's friend. Come on, man. Remember he loves his mom's <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, he's a he's a weird individual, man. But uh, yeah, I tried I tried telling motherfuckers, man, that he wasn't it. I didn't see it. At BYU, you know, he, he played super easy schedules. And then the second he faced top-notch competition, he got smacked in the mouth. Like, we all yep. remember we all remember the Coastal Carolina game where he got fucking destroyed. Mm. Destroyed. Defense, the defense made him look like he was a fucking rag dog. They were beating <laughs> the crap out of him. And people still sat here and was like, uh, it's because he doesn't have super top-end talent at BYU. Just wait till he gets the NFL level. He's going to show you. Yeah, He showed me, all right? He showed me that he's the same dude he was in college, an average, overrated quarterback. Like, he, he didn't have super elite arm strength. He didn't show uh, consistent accuracy on a nightly basis. Yeah. He didn't show that he could go through progressions uh, when his initial wide receivers were covered. He didn't show any of that. Like the thing he showed you were are the things he's showing you at the NFL level that he can't do. Yeah. He's just not a good quarterback, and it's okay. Not every quarterback that's drafted, hell, not every player that's drafted trans translates to the NFL level. Yep. And, and it's okay. 
for, for Zach Wilson, he grew up he grew up extremely privileged. He grew up in a very rich family. And thankfully for him, you know, when his NFL career is pretty much done after this year and most certainly next year, you know, he'll be able to go back and work for the family business at JetBlue. He'll be just fine. Like, <laughs> he's going he's gonna to live a very happy life. He's, like I said, he's rich as shit. He, he's good. Like, let him leave the NFL. I promise you, we will not miss Zach Wilson the day he steps away from football. If anything, I'm sure Jets fans will be elated that they don't have to watch Zach Wilson play on Sundays anymore. But don't tell me Commander Aaron Rodgers Rod- that they can release him. Don't tell me they want no, him. No, hell, hell no. <laughs> hell no. Hell no. Ben will quit. Ben will quit. I already, I already told you a couple of weeks ago I want to quit on this fucking franchise in Washington. If they got Zach Wilson, I would 100% resign on the spot of being a Washington fan. Um, yeah. For Josh, for Josh Allen, once again, played bad last week, played good this week, will probably play bad next week. Josh Allen, man, you got to figure this shit out, dude. You're, you're supposed to be way too talented yeah. to be this inconsistent, man. Uh, you know, you got Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Khalil Shakur has been playing great football yeah. for you guys the last couple of weeks. That's the fun thing. That's the fun digs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, your, your fan base love James Cook uh, coming out of FSU. Utilize him more. He's been doing pretty well these last two weeks. Keep giving him the football. Stop relying so heavily on Josh Allen in the run game. You, you have the running backs to get things going. You have the defense that can put a ton of pressure on opposing offenses. Y'all have to start playing more consistent. And in, and until you do, we're going to ridicule you. Until you do, we're going to call you fake contenders. Yeah. Like we're not going to fully believe in you until you're able to play consistent football on a nightly basis. Honestly, Buffalo Bills fans can talk, cannot talk shit until they make the Super Bowl again because that made it more like what since the nineties. Since I was zero years old, so there you go, man. It's it's not even it's not even until they make one again. They've been to four Super Bowls and never won. Yeah, yeah. They they can't just go to a Super Bowl. They have to go to one and win the fucking thing finally. Until they win a Super Bowl, they're just as much of a pro, of a poverty franchise. As the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, yeah, you're right. At least the Commanders won something. You know, one. We've won. We've won. We've won three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And shout out to George Dyson, man. Um, now, um, speaking of another team that, listen, man, I love this team. I'm not gonna lie, Ben, but here's my deal, man. I, listen, I, was, I said this in this podcast. I said it with you. And listen, man, Pete Carroll. Listen, I'm not really surprised. By the way, shout out. Listen, man, prayers for Gino. It's uh, listen. I don't want to see players hurt, man. I want to. I want you know players to be healthy. Uh, obviously, with that Aaron Donald hit, it was it looked pretty bad. Um, you know, but he's gonna play this week. He's gonna play this week. Uh, he's gonna toughen it through. It. Um, I think he, if he was, you know, if he didn't get hurt in this game, I think they probably would have won. But I'm not really surprised that the Rams win. Um, yeah, they, they but barely won because of the missed field goal. But you know what? Here's the deal. Prayers for um, Kenneth Walker. He's out for this game as well. It sucks. Um, shout out to, um, excuse me, excuse me, uh, Puka Nakua. Not surprising. And McVay, please call the right place. I mean, why the fuck would you pass the ball? I mean, run the ball, run the ball, waste the clock, and whatever. I mean, I guess I, I guess people, uh, coaches love to do uh, their analytics, Ben, but it is what it is. But listen, they won. So I shout out to them. 
I'm happy about that. Um, but no, but the Ben Seattle has the same problems. Their offense is fine. I like them. Their secondary is cool. But again, Ben, the question for my, to, I'm asking you, and I said the exact same shit. Take Seattle has the same problems, Ben. They cannot stop the run. And they can, uh, listen. I, I think Seattle's a year away. If they can fix that running defense, they're fine. They, they can compete with us. That's the only thing that they're missing, Ben. Listen, they solidified their secondary. They're fine. But the running defense is still the same, Ben. And Ben, Pete Carroll is a defensive guy. So go ahead, Ben. I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's out to the Rams. Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Um, and, but yeah, go ahead, Ben. Um, and what can you tell Seattle fan? Because it's the exact same issue as last year, Ben. Seriously. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to keep this one short just because I want to try and get through these last couple of games so yes. we can finish this pod. You know, we're going on Titanic hours again. Yeah, I know. Who cared? I'm um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, big win for the Rams. Uh, much needed for them. Um, I, I, I'm sure maybe they would have liked to lose just so maybe they could still retain a, a really good draft pick. Yeah. Uh, but we all know the Rams say fuck the draft picks anyway, they so they, they would probably end up trading that first round pick regardless. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this Seattle defense doesn't make any sense. I, I, when I look at the Seattle defense, especially on paper, um, you know, it, it, it almost looks more talented than the offense, but yet they don't play anywhere close to the level that the offense nope. can on a nightly basis. On the head coach. Um, you know, when, when they got Leonard Williams at the deadline, I thought, you know, they'd be able to, you know, that would be a massive improvement to be able to, like you said, stop the run. And, and they have guys who throughout their career have been good run stoppers. Jordan Brooks is very good at stopping the run. Leonard Williams, like I said, is very good at getting in the backfield and stopping the run. Bobby Wagner is arguably one of the greatest middle linebackers of our generation. What is one of his specialties? Stopping the run. Boy Mafe is a tremendous fucking linebacker at getting in the backfield, and he was irrelevant in this game. Um you know, Frank Clark, another guy who can get in the backfield and, and cause disruptions. Like they have guys that that can supposed to be able to fill the, that niche of, of being run stoppers. But like you said, Pete Carroll for some reason just hasn't been able to get these guys to play to the level in which they they really should be. And um, you know, it, it's it's really holding this team back because this defense, like I said, on paper is arguably one of the most talented defense that the Seattle defense has had in a long time. Yes. And that's going back all the way to the Legion of Boom. Yeah. Uh, this defense has guys. They just got to buy into whatever it is that the system is and, and start playing better brand of football. Yes, that's facts. Um, and thank you for missing that field goal, Myers. I appreciate that. All right, now Vikings and Broncos. Shout out to the Broncos um, for sticking. I mean, Broncos are fighting, man. Since they lost to Miami, uh, they'd be fighting their ass off, man. We got to give credit to Sean Payton in that defense. Since remember, people were saying fire Ben Joseph as, as their defensive coordinator, but now since then they've been winning games, sneaky ones though. But listen, a win is a win. Uh, shout out to Corner Sun, game the game-winning touchdown. And Ben, your thoughts? And I can't wait to see Justin Jefferson uh, back with the Vikings because I think Dobbs and him and Addison are going to have a connection. But, hey, if you're a Viking fan, you only lost by one. But there you go. Go ahead, Ben. Shout out to the Broncos. Good win for them, I guess. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't necessarily watch this game. So I don't I'm not blame you. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, Russ, like you mentioned, Russ and the Broncos have been playing very good football for the last couple of weeks. They're on, what, a three-game winning streak currently? They are. Yes, they three are. winning streak. So, um, you know, that's that's massive for them. You know, they they were a team that we all wrote off. You know, we, we were all talking shit on Russ. We were all talking shit on, what, Sean Payton. Um, you know, we, we were ridiculing Cortland Sutton. We were definitely ridiculing Jerry Judy. Um, and, and they came up in big moments. Cortland Sutton has been absolutely phenomenal for this team the last couple of weeks. He's, he's made big touchdown catch after big touchdown catch. Uh, and, and it's cool to, to, to see him playing at this level because Cortland is a guy who, who's had ticky-tack injuries, right? You know, he, he's, he's had to miss weeks of the season throughout his short NFL career so far. And so to see him healthy and, and being able to, to – a, a consistent focal point for Russ to throw the ball to, I think has been very fun to watch. So, um, you know, for Broncos fans, especially uh, our boy Jonathan in particular, you know, I hope they're able to continue this level of play. I hope they finish the season out strong. I hope they make a push for the playoffs. I don't know if they get in, but I, I want to see them make a push for it. You know, I want to see them improve after the horrendous season they, that they had last year. Um, but I, I just want to see our boy John uh, be happy again because yes, I, I know he's uh, he's been dealing with a lot of emotions with his Broncos franchise. Yeah, yeah. they got ever since the retirement of Peyton Manning years and years ago. Yeah. So um, for the Vikings, you know they, they play good football. Uh, thankfully, like you said, they get Justin Jefferson back this upcoming week. Uh, so that should be able to make things a little bit easier on Dobbs. Yes. It should make things easier on Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, you know, not having to be primary targets anymore. So defenses necessarily won't be scheming directly for them. Uh, so I hope Josh Dobbs and the Vikings are able to finish things strong. Um, ultimately, though, I could care absolutely less about both of these teams. So. I, feel, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Well, now we care about this quarterback, right? Because, Ben, I hope you listen to me and Rob mentor this. Uh, the, uh, before this podcast, I pocket with the Jalen Hurts hater. And, yeah, that was a great podcast. I'll just say that. Um, listen, man, shout out <laughs> to Jalen Hurts. Um, ben, I was talking to Andrew jo- Darrell Jones before the, the end of the show, and uh, my, my, my only thing was this. Sean decided the defensive corner for the Eagles. I mean, he, this man was getting torched by Sam Hell. He was getting torched by the other quarterbacks. I mean, this was the the, 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 um, the fighting game for him, for sure, because you have talent on this defense. You, did, you didn't have the Kobe Dean. I get that. But this guy was great in the first half, man. It's great. I mean, shout out to Sean Desai. You know, great scheming. I mean, Chief didn't score at all in the second half. And, Ben, I got a message for Chiefs fans, and we're going to make fun of them today. I'll just say this, man. I'm not, me and Ben are not surprised about this Chiefs team. Um, you know, um, Rasheed Rice, he's okay. Um, but this is what happened, man. Listen, this is what the Chiefs did, man. Uh, ben, this is what they did. They solidified the O-line. They solidified. They, they know their defense was good. And they're like, you know what? We got Patrick Mahomes. Matt, you know, we know Matt Nagy sucks. And listen, any reason like this, right? I'm going to hire my friends. Listen, I got Patrick Mahomes. He's a fucking good quarterback. We're good, right? So let's get, you know, at, you know like, like average receivers. You know, we don't need a Hopkins. You know, we let Juju go. I mean, let's have average receivers, right? right? Bet decent receivers. We're going to be fine. Um, no, in this game, I mean, I knew the Eagles were a better team. A.J. Brown's better than, than what the teams have. Um, Devontae Smith, I mean, Alabama, so not surprising. 
Um, you know, shout out to Jalen Hurts. Great throw. Great fucking throw to Devontae Smith. So, you know, I mean, of course, you know, Rob Metro is going to hate on the guy. Because you know what Rob Metro said? Oh, no, that was not a great throw by Jalen. Uh, Devontae Smith had to chase it. It's kind of, anyway, it's kind of funny with the Jalen Hurts haters. But anyways, Ben, good win for the Eagles. You know what Chiefs fans said during the, after the game? They said, I don't give a fuck about losing to the Eagles because it's a, fuck, it's a fucking regular season. Now, listen. They can say that. Now, listen, they win the Super Bowl this year, and they, they can definitely say that. Um, but, Ben, your thoughts. Shout out to Jalen Hurts once again. Um, not surprising. This guy's in the MVP course, as he should be. Um, and, Ben, he outplayed Mahomes once again. And I was surprised that Patrick Mahomes – but Mahomes did well, man. He did well. His receivers just dropped the ball, dropped the balls. As as they they've been doing this uh, this season. So Ben, your thoughts? And you're not surprised, Ben. Do you have a message for Eagle fans and those Jalen Hurts haters and those Chiefs fans that we were preaching about to Chiefs fans during this podcast? But go ahead. Um, to be honest with you, I'm I'm gonna sound like Ralph mentor in this. Um, Jalen Hurts didn't play the best. Jalen did not play his best brand of football. He did it. Um, and to say that he outplayed Patrick Mahomes is far from the truth. If anything, they played to the exact same level. They both had the exact same total amount of yards, 179 total yards. Uh, well, Jalen Hurts had 179 total yards. Patrick Mahomes had 177 passing yards. They both had the same pretty amount. Pretty much even, pretty much even, yep, yeah, yeah. They, they, both, they, both, they both turned the ball over. Yeah. And we're, if we're being completely honest, Mahomes actually had more total yards than Jalen Hurts by about 30-plus. Um, but yeah, to go to Kansas City's wide receivers, you know, outside, like once they lost Tyreek Hill, um, you know, they, they never really addressed that position because they, they thought, okay, you know, we still got Travis Kelsey. He, he can make up for, you know, the lack of production of, of missing Tyreek Hill. And that's just not the case. You can't, when you lose a generational player like Tyreek Hill, you can't then expect Travis Kelsey to be able to pick up some of his slack on top of what he's already doing for you guys. Um, but, man, we won last year. The Chiefs, yeah, congratulations. Um, the, the Chiefs, um, you know, they, they haven't necessarily addressed the, the wide receiver position, and, and the wide receivers that they address are all super young. They all got them in the draft. Justin Watson, Rasheed Rice, um, Sky Moore, they were all draft picks. Um, Justin Watson was their best receiver in this game, but he hasn't been their best receiver all year. Nope. Rasheed, Rasheed Rice is a rookie, and he's shown he's shown promises throughout his rookie campaign that he can be a potential nice receiver later down the, his future, later down the road in, in his future with the team. But right now, as a rookie, he's not necessarily someone that you can rely on to be a consistent playmaker for you. McCole Hartman has been absolutely dog shit. Kadarius Tony has always been dog shit. Sky Moore, Sky Moore for some reason has not panned out, which has honestly been extremely surprising. Um, Isaiah Pacheco has – I'm glad that they've really started featuring Isaiah Pacheco the last couple of weeks because they need Isaiah Pacheco to be a very good running back. And they, if they didn't start utilizing Isaiah that, the way that they have been – Kansas City would have a couple more losses under their belt. Um, defensively, a lot of people like to talk about them being, you know, this profound defense. I think that, yes, they do have guys, obviously, in George Kowalski, so Jerry Sneed, 
Willie Gay, Trent McDuffie, and Chris Jones, but I'm still not sold on, on all the other pieces of, of that defense. I think they, they played good uh, at times for sure, but I still feel like they're a defense that can that can be, be picked apart, um, and especially when, you know, their defense, if Patrick Mahomes isn't able to get Kelsey, you know, super involved or if Isaiah Pacheco is not able to have insane games and you're having to rely solely on this defense, yeah, it, it's good at times, but I don't think it's necessarily a defense that you want to have trying to back your way to defending your title. I just don't think it's that good. Um, I, I'm sure they'll figure it out. I, I know Kansas City, regardless of some of the issues that they have, that they'll stay com- be competitive sim- simply for the fact of Andy Reid's that head coach, Patrick Mahomes, a, a generational quarterback is, is at the helm of your offense. So, you know, with those two masterminds, they're going to be able to find ways to, to, to win some games. But I don't think the Chiefs are, are nearly as good of a team as they were last year. Interesting. Is it, is it because they're not, they don't have Eric Bieniemy no more? Interesting. Interesting. I, I do, I do, I do think Eric Bieniemy was a massive part of it. Um, you know, even though I, I do believe when everyone said that Andy Reid was still, you know, the primary focal voice of the offense, you know, right. drawing up schemes, this, that, and the third. But that's just because he's an offensive guru. You right. Know, he's one of the smartest offensive minds that ever exists. So of course that's he's gonna have he's gonna try and dabble a little bit on, on, on that side of the ball. But yeah, this offense hasn't looked good without Eric being me. It, it honestly hasn't. Matt, like, and the man just, is Matt Nagy. Do you trust Matt Nagy? I don't know. I trust Mahomes. No, <laughs> like yeah, like Matt Nagy has never shown us anything throughout his coaching career that's trustworthy. Um, Eric Bieniemy, he he brought a level of of urgency. He brought a level of intensity that not many offensive coordinators in today's game are, are willing to have because you might get crucified for it. You might get, you know, talk negative about uh, the way that you conduct business. You know, Eric Bieniemy is is a very energized person he's a very expressive person and for the game of football you need that you need someone who who has that fire in them you know you need someone who wants greatness out of you you want a former player you know that that played at the highest level both in the nfl and in college so i, I think eric the enemy losing eric the enemy was is a lot bigger uh loss for the Chiefs than, than they initially thought it was going to be. I agree, but don't tell Chiefs fans that they get angry. All right, now here comes a Week Twelve pick. Don't don't tell don't tell uh, don't tell Shady McCoy that. Mm, you know you know it was- Shady, Shady Shady hated Eric the enemy. Interesting. You know you know but hey, so guess what? You, you can talk shit to Shady, but guess what? He's like, I got I got two rings to show it. Look at that. Well, yeah, because of Mahomes, it's all good, bro. All right, pack. All right, let's go Week Twelve picks, my friend. All right. Enjoy the Saints. One of those one of those Super Bowl his Super Bowl with the Eagles, he deserved, right? His Super Bowl ring with the Chiefs, he got benched like in the middle of that of that season and never got and never played another down again. Like now wonder why he, he didn't, didn't yeah. do, he didn't do a fucking thing to deserve mm. that second Super Bowl ring. He didn't do a single thing in that in that playoff push. Not one thing. He didn't have a single yard. Wonder why he hates the enemy. 
Interesting. Very interesting. Interesting. All right. Now, because the enemy stopped playing them. Yeah, that's very fact. That's very fact. The enemy's so smart. Now, with that being said, my friend, um, enjoy. And I hope everybody enjoys the Thanksgiving games. I mean, the first one is not going to be great. It's Packers, Lions. I got Lions. Ben, ben what do you got? Uh, it's, it's, it's a division game. I know people say division games are close, but not this one. Lions are a better team, and the Lions are going to run through the Packers because the Packers' running defense is not good. But go ahead. What do you think, Ben? Yeah, I got the Lions. You know, Dan Campbell has that team playing – Great football, you know they're still they're starting to really get more people incorporated uh, on the offensive side of the ball with the addition of Jameer Gibbs. Um, defense, you know they've been playing solid football. So, um, you know, despite the Packers getting a big win last week, um, I, I think I'm gonna take Detroit on Thanksgiving. Now here comes Cowboy fans getting excited, and they're gonna be all pumped up on Twitter. Here we go. I got the Cowboys, but in Dallas, you got Cowboys? You got, you got Cowboys? Commanders? Yeah, I got Cowboys. A, a, a buddy of mine a buddy of mine uh, asked me this morning, he was like, because he's a Cowboys fan, um, he was like, you want to bet on this game? I was like, dude, how stupid do you think I am that I would put money on the Commanders? I was like, hell no, I'm not betting on this game with you. I hope we're very inspired this game. I, I You know what? I do you want the commanders like to lose so bad so be very good fired? Honestly, I mean, hey, I mean shit. I honestly, I honestly, I would rather lose every game for the rest of the season. That way we had a, a guaranteed top ten draft pick. Because if, if we had if we have a top ten draft pick, bro, we can go and solidify our left tackle and get in Joe Alt. Like no, Joe Alt out of Notre Dame, the he would be the perfect draft pick for us. So yes, I need us to lose as many games as possible. So that way we can go and get the best offensive lineman in the draft because this O line draft is not that talented. No, like no. it's 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 like Joe Alt and there's a couple other guys. Like people are trying to are trying to boost up J.C. Latham out of Alabama. J.C. Latham fucking sucks. I've hated J.C. Latham for going on three years now. Um, the only tap, the only offensive lineman in this year's draft. I am 100% confident in is Joe Alt. I don't blame you. Another Dame uh, all linemen are good in the NFL. Look at Zach Martin. All right. Niners, Seattle. Niners are favored by seven points. Of course they are because they're a better team. Uh, I'm going Niners over Seattle. What about you? Yeah, you said Geno's banged up. Obviously, no Kenneth Walker, so they're going to be relying on Zach Charbonnet and, yep. and DJ Dallas. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the 49ers as well. Oh, my God. Look at, look at Black Friday, Ben. Dolphins and Jets. Uh, yeah, let's go with yeah. Let's, I'm going. I'm kidding. I'm going Jets. I'm not. I'm kidding. I'm going Dolphins. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, Tim. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle versus Tua. Yeah, I'm going Dolphins as well. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Bet your parlay on the Dolphins, please. All right, Bucks and Colts. I'm going Colts in Indianapolis. There are Colts that are at home. What about you, Ben? Uh, we didn't mention this yet, but um, you know, I thought the Colts were absolute idiots for releasing Darius Leonard today. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope Washington goes and picks him up. I know I know for a fact that we will not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I thought they were idiots for, for getting rid of Darius Leonard. I, I get it. He's, he's, you know, been a little bit banged up for the last year and a half now. But um, I don't like this Colts team at all. <laughs> I hate I hate Baker the faker. But. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Buccaneers, man. I don't want to, but I'm gonna take the Buccaneers. Okay, okay. 
And Denver's limited. If you want to join San Francisco with uh, Fred Wonder, we'll take you. You guys oh. don't need another <laughs> superstar. You guys, you guys do not, bro. We do not need Dre Green, Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Darius Leonard on the same fucking linebacker. Ben, ben, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm going to tell you this right now. If we get him, and we don't win a fucking Super Bowl, I'll, come to Cancun with me. Like, what the fuck? All right. Anyway, it, I'm thinking if it happens. All right, Patriots, Giants. By the way, Lucan wants the Giants to win. By the way, and we, you know, you know what's crazy. You know what's funny about this? They asked Bill Belichick at the press conference, Ben, well, who's going to play quarterback? He's like, all, oh, all available. Look at that. Prayers for Mac Jones, please. But um, Lucas wants the Patriots to lose. Um, I don't think they're, they're going to lose. They're going to beat the Giants. And look at that. Lord have mercy. So Ben, it's in New York. Who do you got? Patriots and Giants. Lord have mercy. Uh, Tommy DeVito versus Mac Jones. Oh yeah, that's great. Look at that, Ben. Yeah, Tom, Tommy DeVito is actually going to be going up against a real head coach this week in Bill yeah. Belichick. Bill Belichick is not going to let an undrafted rookie and Tommy DeVito destroy him the way Tommy DeVito destroyed our defense. So I'm going to take New England as well. All right, then. And uh, apparently Washington is available. Apparently there's rumors, Ben. I don't know if you're hearing about this. Apparently, Washington wants Bill Belichick. Um, it's, it's ironic. We're not getting Bill Belichick. Yeah, no, I don't believe those rumors are either. But uh, because Bill Belichick just got a restructure on or, or got his contract restructure, but it is what it is. All right, Steelers, Bengals, Jake Browning versus Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett, no excuses now. Matt Canada is gone. You better play great. But anyways, the running back coach is the OC now. That means the Steelers are going to run the ball, and Najee Harris is going to be happy. So. I got Steelers over Browns because Jake Brown is the quarterback for the Bengals. Is that the Bengals? What about you, Ben? Yeah, I'm the same way. Um, you know, without Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati team's about to plummet. Yep. Um, you know, that quarterback is an absolute horrendous quarterback, especially, <laughs> in, comparison to Joe, especially in comparison to Joe Burrow. Facts. As much as as much as I hate small hands, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Um, Mike, Mike Tom will find a way to win this game. <laughs> yes, yes. Look at this game, Ben. Bryce Young versus Will Lee. Because I want to go Bryce Young so bad, but it's going to be – it's in Tennessee. I got Tennessee. I got I got the Panthers. Uh, Tennessee's defense just got absolutely destroyed in the secondary last week. Yeah. Um, Panthers – the one thing the Panthers do good on defense is stop the run. So if they can contain Derrick Henry and Tajay. Um, I think it's going to be an extremely low-scoring game, but I'm going to give the edge to the Bryce this week. Jaguars, Texans. I'm going with the Texans. Texans beat the Jaguars last time. Texans, be focused. Don't underestimate the Jaguars. If you do, you're going to get kicked in the ass. But I'm going to go with C.J. Stroud, California Nato. Let's go. Ben, who you got? Jacksonville at the Texans. This might be the best game of the entire week. Um, you know, division game, you got first place for second place. You got two winning records up against each other. Yes. You know, you got two really good young quarterbacks up against one another. Um, you know, you got two really good young defenses going up against one another. It's going to be a terrific game. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take C.J. Stroud for the edge. Saints at Falcons. I don't trust Arthur Smith. I'm going to go with the Saints. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Saints as well. Um yeah, I'm, a, I'm just going to go with the Saints as well. I, I do not believe in Taylor Heineke and Arthur Smith. It's going to be Desmond Ritter, by the way. So it, does, it doesn't matter, right? I don't, I don't believe – they don't even believe in Desmond Ritter. So, yeah. <laughs> All 
Oh, Falcons, you're just too funny. Jody, we love you. All right, Rams, the Cardinals. Ooh, Stafford versus Kellen Murray. I like it in Arizona, but I got the Rams. What about you, Ben? I got the Rams as well. I think the Cardinals keep it close. Like, they've been keeping games close all season long, but I think the Rams are just going to want it a little bit more. Oh, good game. Broncos, Browns defense versus the Broncos at Denver. I'm going with the Browns for this one. What about you, Ben? Uh, do we know, is it going to be DTR again? For sure, yes. Most likely? Okay. Yes. Uh, so DTR versus uh, Russ. Wilson, let's ride. Um, if this game was in Cleveland, I think I would give the edge to the Browns. Yeah. I know that defense is, is either yep. the best defense in football or the second best defense in football. For some reason, for some reason though, just because the Broncos are riding a hot streak, I'm, I'm gonna continue to take them on this hot streak. Okay, all right, I respect that. Bills, Eagles. Um, I think it's gonna be a track game for the Eagles for this one. I'm going because uh, listen, as long as Josh Allen's not playing stupid, I'm going with the Buffalo. I've been doing well with my picks, Ben. I, I don't know how God has been with me this year. Last year he was not with me, but this year he is. So I'm going Bills with an upset. I'm going. With, over Philadelphia. What about you, Ben? I know you're going with your boy Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, God God was definitely not with you with predictions last year. I remember keeping track of last year's predictions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you, yeah. Were like, you were like third or fourth out of our group. So Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, congratulations to you now. But, I like I said earlier, when we were talking about the Bills game, uh, Josh Allen had a great game. And yes, he does. What, is Josh Allen normally, what has Josh Allen done after a great game this year? He usually has a bad game. Uh, he's playing, you know, arguably one of the three best defenses in football with the Eagles. Um, I expect Jalen Hurts to have a bounce back game after last week's poor performance or Monday night's poor performance. So I'm going to take the Eagles, especially with the game being at home. Yes, Chiefs, Raiders, I'm going with the Chiefs. That should be an easy one. I'm, go- I'm going with the Chiefs, yeah. I'm not going to say too much on that. <laughs> Ravens and Chargers. Um, yeah, by the way, Lamar Jackson is going to own L.A. because he's going to beat the Rams and the Chargers. And, and, Ben, if you have Lamar Jackson, if anyone has Lamar Jackson in their fantasy team, play play him because I would don't be surprised if he scores five or six touchdowns, especially in a Brad, against Brandon Staley. Right, Ben? Laugh out loud. I mean, dead serious. It's going to be a Raven home game. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means just because they lost Mark Andrews. Yeah, um, yeah, but you never know. It's Brandon the, Char- the Chargers, the one thing the Chargers defense knows how to do is stop the run. Okay. Uh, they're they're pretty bad at, at, at in the red zone uh, when it comes to the stopping opposing teams from scoring uh, on the ground. So, like their bottom ten and touchdowns allowed uh, are their top ten in touchdowns allowed, but they're also top ten in fewest rushing yards allowed. So they don't allow a ton of yards on the ground. And I expect the Ravens to run a ton just because they don't have that target, super reliable target target and mark. But I just think that defense is way too talented, especially with the Chargers losing um, Joey Bosa last week, even though I don't like Joey Bosa. I still understand that he he does have a talent as a pass rusher in football, but I'm going to take Lamar and the Ravens. All right, Bears, Vikings, um, Justin Fields versus Josh Jones. Not bad, not bad. I like that. It's not bad. It's another, not bad. another. It's a god awful Monday Night Football <laughs> game. Once, it, once again, the NFL has failed, has failed to give us premier primetime games. Like nobody, 
Yeah, Josh Dobbs has been playing well. Yeah, cool. Justin Fields had a relatively good game last week after coming back from injury, but like nobody wants to see the Bears versus Vikings. On <laughs> like, let's, let's man, this man bad would want to watch a movie or something, right? <laughs> like I rather I probably will be watching a movie instead of this. Like Napoleon, the movie Napoleon comes out this this upcoming weekend. I'll probably be watching Napoleon on Monday on Monday instead of watching this game. I don't blame you. I had to choose it. If I had to choose a team, um, I'm gonna take Josh Styles, man. He's had he's been having a great year. Uh, Justin Jefferson, like we mentioned earlier, is back. back. So, yeah, um, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Minnesota with by the slight edge. All right, me too. All right, with that being said, that's this was a great pod. I mean, my goodness, we we I mean, uh, we I would not be surprised if we went over the Titanic. It wouldn't surprise me. But Ben Fair, you have any news or you know um, any um, you know. Uh, some uh, you know some more stories than you have um, you know for um, for your articles and everything um, and so go ahead man uh, go ahead and shout out to your social media everybody can follow you and uh, any articles that you're writing for the week Ben uh, so my social medias are on Instagram and Twitter uh, you can follow me at the sports veteran uh, that's veteran V E T R A N uh, also on Twitter, you can follow me at the Hollywood Vet. Uh, you can also follow me on LinkedIn, where I post a lot of my articles. But you know, recently I've been uh, collaborating with our buddy Will Lyons and his company, the, the Lions Den. Uh, we we post our articles over on Medium.com. Uh, just today, we published uh, my article talking about the three-headed Heisman race between Bowden H. Jade and Daniels and uh, Michael Penish Jr. So you can go over to Median and check that out right now. Um, Friday, uh, so I release articles every Tuesday and Friday. Tuesday is college football. Friday is, is, uh, is movies. Uh, this Friday, like I said, Napoleon will be releasing in theaters. So uh, my article for this Friday will most likely be on, on that movie uh, and giving it my perspective on, on how I think it will do. Yeah, and hopefully you can do a, you know an, you know an article and show who who is a better Spider Man, Tommy McGuire or you know. I, I'll do I'll do one. So look, I'll say this. I'll tell you this right now. If I don't do Napoleon this week, I'll do I'll do a Spider Man article for you. Okay, me. I appreciate I appreciate that. I, pre- I appreciate that. Uh, you guys can follow me at Respectable Being, and obviously I've been size at eight twenty four. Uh, I I appreciate you, Ben. This is most episode sixty nine. Pause. I know everybody loves that number and. Even though everybody knows, um, well, Tommy Brigard is the best Spider-Man, but it's okay. Um, it's, no, I mean, he's it's not. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's okay. Even <laughs> though, you know what's crazy? Tommy Brigard's Spider-Man movies have the better soundtrack and the better theme. It's okay. All right. Anyway. No, they um, don't. Miles Morales. Miles Morales' soundtrack is literally the best soundtrack all of right, all Spider-Man. All it's right. not. It's not Tom Holland. It's not Tommy Brigard. <laughs> It's literally the Miles Morales soundtrack that had the best one. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> but anyways, it's okay. Uh, it's all right. We, we all know the poll is going to agree with Tommy right? but it's okay. All right, anyways, oh, with that being goodness. said, God bless you. Have a great Thanksgiving. Make sure you make some clam chowder. I'm going to eat some turkey. I'll eat some ham. Um, I know. Look at me saying clam chowder. I love clam chowder. All right. God bless you. Episode 70 will be next Tuesday. Um, have a good weekend, Ben, and God bless you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Love y'all. Peace. And I'm, we're out. Love. Peace.